Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that after the final whistle has blown, after the dust has settled, when all is said and done, when the sun has crept under the yardarm, I lost track of where I was. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. So you've read the, the Covenant of the Primes then, Greg? Yes. Just a good bits. Yeah. <laughs> I think we covered that in Sunday school. <laughs> I'm Kendall. Oh, Cybertronian Sunday School. That would be so weird. Oh. But this week, we are reviewing the series finale, Season 3, Episode 13, Nemesis Part 2. And if we sound a little sad, it's almost like the end of an era. Yeah. Sad? I mean, like, it's, it's good that, um, yeah, I mean, Ken's happy. <laughs> Ken's happy because we're getting out of Season 3. Yep. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um and like it's it's good that like you know on the final episode of, of the beast wars era of war and beast i finally get a professional mic yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound great or at least like i don't know blue they're like what like not professional exactly but like the, the one that they recommend for people who are beginning podcasters yeah that one okay <laughs> like like amateur i guess but higher than basic mic you get at walmart <laughs> a we call that we call that a real microphone mm-hmm. gosh thank you see i've i've upgraded to the second level now i'm oh, i'm on the yeti you're on the snowball i'm the yeti i i half own a yeti with a friend oh yes that's right but he hasn't paid me back for that kendall. yet kendall, yeah. <laughs> kendall since we're south of them we should try and get a chupacabra <laughs> Look, we're not that far south. I, I mean, I I am on a I I, I am on a Bigfoot mic. <laughs> wow! If you want to hear me discuss, <laughs> then I guess I would have to go for a Jersey Devil. <laughs> if you want to hear me discuss uh, Bigfoot, listen to Waiting Here for Every Man, uh, the new episode where I interview Peter Stein, uh, and oh. he he talks about uh, how he doesn't like conspiracy theories, and that's what his music's all about, or something like that. Listen to it. It's a good episode. Sounds cool. I'm still behind, like two episodes on behind on you on that one. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that's that's perfectly all right. This is the first podcast I've ever made that my wife consistently listens to. It's great. 
<laughs> I'm jealous. You have you have a wife who actually listens to your podcast. No, you got to understand, Greg. I don't, but she <laughs> listens to this one. Okay. So you just have to find. You just have to make a podcast with the right topic. With yeah, that that normal people can listen to. That's uh, my girlfriend listens to this podcast. So my and also also my parents uh, listen to uh, or at least my dad. Well, my parents listen to some episodes. My dad listens to every episode of Waiting Here for Every Man, which is the re- okay. the real reason that I made the podcast because I wanted a podcast that you know he's not going to listen to me talk about Beast Wars for two hours. Whoa. For a moment there, I was feeling extremely self-conscious about the idea that your father might have been listening to this podcast at some point. Yeah, same. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> no I my, like, sorry, Mr. Holmes. <laughs> I, I think I've pulled, I think I've told this story before, but like, when, you know, 10 or 15 episodes in, my mom, who is my Facebook friend, she clicked on it on Facebook and she's like, two hours? No one oh, will ever yes. listen to this, Kendall. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, that, well, yeah. apparently people do. So that's yeah. good. According to our stats on the website for last week, we had the most listeners we ever had for a week. So, yay. So there you go. They're getting, they're getting on the ship while it's drowning. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just want to see our reaction to Beast Machines. The, the ship oh. is. Wait. Oh, the ship is drowning because it's a transformer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I was doing. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make a mistake. I just. I. I yeah, exactly. Got it. One. Okay. So. They say. Uh, the original plan for this episode called for three Decepticon coneheads, Ramjet, Dirge, and Thrust, to be activated and clash with the Beast Warriors. Beast Warriors. I like that. I wish they had ever used that term before. I like that. Uh, this would also have explained their absence from the first season of The Transformers 1984. The idea had to be scrapped for time. Real quick, Kendall, I was looking up that on the TF Wiki 2, and that sent me down a really, well, interesting or odd wiki hole of basically the difference between seeker, uh, the various seekers, like which are just basically the flying Decepticon army stuff that sometimes their drones are actually named. And apparently, like later on, they started actually just naming a whole bunch of them. Like uh, at one point, I got to a point where there was like some called the Rainmakers, which was Acid Storm, Nova Storm and Ion Storm. And it's just it's kind of just like crazy how how many there is. And it's also kind of funny because that's going to come up in the news later. <laughs> in Japan, this song, I like that we're ending with one that or we're, the last episode finally has a Japanese name again. In Japan, <laughs> this episode was called Happy Kore Dei no Da or Happy. This should do it. This is a comment <laughs> upon the conclusion of the series. Oh, so it's not happy. It's happy. This should do it. <laughs> wow. It's uh, antagonistic uh, of them. A, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like that's a good title for the episode because that's kind of how the episode felt a little bit uh, better than this episode was better than last week's episode. But yeah, a sequence was animated that showed the Maximals putting back the original Megatron spark into his body. It was cut for time from the finished product. However, Optimus Primal's line, all is as it should be, was kept. Yes. Um, spoilers. This is under the spoilers section. The writers were told to kill off Tiger Hawk because Tiger Hawk is stupid. I mean, because at the time <laughs> they were unsure whether a toy would be made of the character and they didn't want the cartoon to focus on characters that couldn't be bought. As it turned out, 
Tiger Hawk figure was made available later, but by that time, his character was already killed. Mm. And we're glad they brought Tiger Hawk in for that, like, those three episodes. Oh my god, Tiger Hawk <laughs> is, like, seriously the worst character. Like, any all of my anger, like, towards any previous character in the show, like, I don't even remember not liking any characters. Tiger Hawk is the worst character. I mean, besides Optimal Optimus, but other than God that, damn it. <laughs> But even Optimal Optimus, my problem is only with the design. Like, everything okay. about Tiger Hawk is awful. Oh, okay. Okay. That's all I got. Uh, what's on the – what's on Ciro's Kindness Wiki? <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, couple of continuity errors. Uh, although it was cut from the – oh, wait. I already mentioned, you already mentioned that about how uh, – in case you're wondering, it's on the Kid Rhino Amendment Entertainment versions, that cut scene. Um Trying to see if it mentions anything else. Oh, uh, two, almost two decades later, Aspector Prime would confirm that the deleted scene was indeed canon for this for the episode. Uh, in other victories, Megatron is perplexed by the idea of Tarantulas trying to destroy the Ark, and Tigerhawk states that doing so would erase those descended from Autobots and Decepticons. So why is Megatron doing it now? Considering yeah. uh, considering his religious babbling, it comes off like he has gone mad and thinks it will erase everyone but him. However, it is possible that since he was merged with the original Megatron Spark far longer than Optimus Prime was merged with Optimus Primes, that he would be influenced by the original Megatron, and as such, believe that he, that since he had uh, both Sparks, uh, uh, both Sparks are safe aboard Nemesis, he sees both the Autobots and Decepticons on the Ark as expendable. That's actually an interesting theory. Hmm. Uh, hold on. Uh, one wonders why Megatron, who is now in possession of the most powerful warship known to Cybertron, didn't simply fly back home and conquer the planet uh, in the present day rather than risk his own ex- uh, existence destroying the Ark. Uh, however, since the ship was badly damaged in the crash, it could be that it was not capable of spaceflight, even though it had a transwarp cell. And then finally, under continuity years, is Operation Attorney suffers from rather poor planning. Though it is a measure of last resort and once and one could reasonably assume Optimus intended to put the Ark back eventually, he and Ronnox made no apparent effort to check if the plan would actually work. This is indicated to be the first time Rhinox has attempted uh, – well, I'm not going to get into what the plan is, but basically the first time he attempts it. And it probably would have been better that they would actually check it beforehand, but oh well. Yeah. Uh, continuity notes. We've got another mention of Dark Glass. Uh, they, uh, basically, there's a bullet point here where was Dinobot's spirit influenced Dinobot 2 or was something else going on? After Dinobot flashes between himself and original Dinobot, his voice no longer has the electronic effect. Uh, the 2010 Transformers Hall of Fame competition would eventually say that Dinobot's consciousness was influencing him. And as I said, it's like that's more in that cut, cut episode, Dark Class. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they leave Earth, Optimus Primal asks the survivors to reflect on the Maximals who lost their lives in the conflict. So see, they do remember their lost friends. Yeah. Uh, then let's see Transformers references. There is the Nemesis itself carrying carrying over from the previous episode. Among its arsenal is a tractor beam, which it used to snag the Ark in Generation One media. Uh, That's in the dark, true. Uh, in quotes, in the darkest hour there will be light. A line from the Covenant of Primus, most likely derived from "Light our darkest hour" in the Transformers the movie. And speaking of the movie, Primal's declaration of this has to stop at any cost mirrors Optimus. Optimus Prime's declaration of Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. Uh, Real-world references. Megatron targeting Grid 3H was a shout-out to 3H Enterprises, the organization of Botcon. 
or organizers of BotCon. See that I thought it was last episode that he said something about Grid 3H. It turned oh, out okay. it was this episode. Oh, uh, okay. Lines Megatron reads from the Covenant of Primus bear some similarities to lines from English translations of the Bible of Earth of Earth's humans. Um, yeah. One of Megatron's Covenant of Primes quotes bears stronger <laughs> resemblance to the paraphrase of Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Uh, in the film Pulp Fiction than it does to the original Bible quote. Hmm. Yep. I guess the Pulp Fiction was out by now, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. No. Yeah, I remember going to a movie theater when I was a kid, like way before Beast Wars ended, and like there was uh, a poster for Pulp Fiction there. Yeah, it came out in 94. Yeah. Um, also, wasn't with- the... So it's a, the verse was from Ezekiel? I was thinking that it was from... It was from- paraphrasing Ezekiel... Is, what is it? Uh, chapter 25, verse 17? All right, let's look that up. Yep, that's Seven, what I'm doing. That's what 25 is... It's been a while since I've actually had to look, look specifically at numbers, but the first one is usually the chapter, right? And then the, the second is the line number. Right, yeah, it's the chapter and verse. Like, not, not the other way around. Uh, okay, so well, this is that- a different Bible verse. Than I thought the one that was, but okay. I think he does okay. also say because I am the Alpha and the Omega is oh, yeah. is also a Bible verse. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to go into the full ones here, but it just mentions that there's a the protohuman celebration is like from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty. I'm pretty like sure. That, I'm pretty sure we are we are going to get into that when we get there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel twenty five seventeen is I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I take vengeance on them. That's the NIV, uh, New International Version, for those of you playing at home. Um, then we've got, but also the first, lo- like the first line of the episode is taken from Revelation. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Is that is Re- Revelation twenty two thirteen? Yeah. So, uh, so right, in other words, to- in other words, uh. This episode is blasphemous. Just, just for the record, uh, Eric, you're gonna have to insert some Pulp Fiction there. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Oh. <laughs> um. Not podcaster, Greg. Uh, yeah. Crap. <laughs> uh, in an interview... Well, guess I'm putting some, <laughs> some Pulp Fiction in then. Uh, in an interview, Furman stated that he was approached at BotCon 1996 to write a G1-centric episode and work closely with Bob Ford on what would become Nemesis. Uh, they originally weren't sure who would, uh, who'd write which part. Various ideas were pitched, but for reasons of budget and a lack of a fourth season meant everything needed to be wrapped up here. One key decision was to ensure the Korgas got a good send-off, one that didn't leave them in limbo. Bob would do most of the Dinobot writing. Despite the rewrite to turn this into a series finale, Forward and Larry Dottillo learned too late, this is in quotes, is the too late, that they were being replaced after season three to tie up all the threads. Mm. So I guess that's why they're not the ones in Beast Machines. Yeah. I think. Oh, so the staff gets changed. I was working on the show, too. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Kid Rhino's Season 3 box set contains an animatic with additional footage cut from the final episode, presumably to save time. Uh, one of the edit shows, Optimus Primal, 
carrying a transwarp cell from the Nemesis control deck prior to t- telling Dinobot to save himself. The transwarp cell is visible in the finished episode in Primal's hand as he escapes the exploding Nemesis, and is later seen installed on the controls of the Autobot shuttle. Explain how the Maximals were able to travel through both space and time and return home. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. After all these years, I did not notice that. <laughs> I just assumed um, that the I just assumed that they had a, a ship that would take them home the whole time. Yeah. Uh, another trivia note is the same one that Kendall mentioned about Dirge, Ramjet, and Thrust, uh, the the conehead conehead seekers. Uh, as and as you said, like it was it was kind of like a nod of why they, th- they weren't in the arc during the first season and suddenly appear later uh, in the wait, wait. Uh, it should be noted that had Megatron heated Dinobot and not turned the fusion candle uh, on that mountain before. Well, again, we'll get to what that is. Uh, he would have most likely won the beast wars by the, by the simple fact that it would have been fully charged by the time he, the nemesis reached the arc as was pointed out by Dinobot. The fusion cannons reactor was depleted to 65% power when they had, ar- had arrived. Uh, basically, Arriving without the Maximals having a chance to prepare in time. In retrospect, this could be why he makes such a big deal about displaying honor later on. So uh, I'm going to jump in here because I just yes. uh, this um we've we've brought up you know talking you're you're going into super depth on like the show got canceled and they were kind of <laughs> struggling to to wrap up all the loose ends, but they had mm-hmm. a lot of multi episode intertwined uh storylines going on this season i just i just uh like sketched them out outside of um mm-hmm. uh the last thing i did put end the war slash go home slash protect the future like that's like what the whole series is about um yeah. and all but all but two of these uh were not wrapped up until the last until just the last couple episodes or they were not la- wrapped up at all. So like going into the end, they had to ra- wrap up all this. They had to, they had to, you know, deal with Megatron spark because that should have been a story point. I mean, that got cut. Uh, yeah. The Dinobot two uh, redemption. He needed a redemption or they needed to close out that arc. Uh, Tarantulas and the Tripredicus council are somehow not related to the rest of, of the Predacons that never really got resolved. Uh, the Protoform mm-hmm. X story storyline uh, did get resolved. Uh, the Vok, uh, I think, sort of got resolved. I kind of blocked most of that episode from my. Then it really got resolved. They just show up again for one last time, and then they never show up again. Yeah. yeah, but they kind of. I I feel like I feel like they got like their. This is the end I, of our story episode. So I that's, mean, we have no idea what their goal was. Still, right. they just kind of. I like, think I. Yeah. It, I get the feeling that the Vok are basically uh, very hands off and just come back every once in a while, and they're like, "Oh, what the ah? Uh, now we got to do this." Mm-hmm. Uh, we had so it's going to be like another few thousand years before they realize that those last two Vok didn't do anything. And then we had, and then we had Cheetor's crush on Black Arachnia, which just sort of just stopped being a thing. Like it seemed like it was going to be something that would come to a head and then never panned out. Uh, and then ju- the only things that they, I mean, and then you had Black Arachnia's story arc actually got closure a few episodes ago. And then like Transmetal Two, I feel like we never really got a feel for like what the point of Transmetal Two was. I it was just like it was just like there's random explosions and then we're a tran- you're a Transmetal. I don't know that and telekinesis. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that that felt like there was maybe a little bit more there, although it was mostly 
But I mean, that's there were only 13 episodes this season. And that is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine multi episode plot lines. So there was just no time for fluff in this season. And then, yeah, they did. They weren't able to to resolve everything because the the show got canceled. I I think that's and I think that's why I kind of struggled with this season is it just seemed so there was so much all over the place. So much that should have been that, you know, if they'd have just had a few of these and given them like given them like a full episode on protoform x you know another you know one more one a full episode that was devo- that's devoted to ending that storyline i mean that's kind of what we got last week but then that meant that there wasn't you know there wasn't an you know there wasn't an episode addressing the tarantulas and the tricredits council just make tarantulas not why did he even yeah whatever anyway <laughs> i i just and then yeah like you know end the war go home protect the future that all happened like in the last like two minutes of this episode like, <laughs> And the oh, and I didn't put the 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 proto humans is another is another storyline that they had to they had to wrap up. So like there were just so many plot threads in this in this season mm-hmm. that they didn't have they didn't have time to spend with each with each character. They didn't have time for character development. Yeah, but I'll try so, to be more positive for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I was going to say there was one there's like one more uh, trivia note. That just basically points out that um, of the original 10 Maximals and Predacons that first landed in the very first episode, uh, Optimus, Cheetor, Rattrap, Rhinox, Megatron, and Wasmator are the only ones who are basically still up, up and functional. Yep, that's true. So that's actually more than half. Yeah, but only two of them were Predacons, so the Predacons really took, took a beating. Well, yeah, because Megatron murdered them all. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, did. he did. <laughs> Uh, and that is all that is on the TF Wiki. Uh-huh. So, with that being said, we've got an an episode to get into here. The episode, the finale. Yeah. So, this episode, we open on a uh, bit of a flashback to last episode, just going over what occurred. Flashback um, flashback. Not just last episode, I'd say it's a flashback of like, the whole season yeah. kind of thing. Or maybe I'm looking at something else. Never mind. <laughs> it um that was the yeah. opening i was watching i thought i skipped uh, <laughs> it <laughs> um but yes we we do get a uh, a flashback of last episode you know showing some of the key points like showing the arc of the nemesis and of course inferno popping out from behind the tree and waspinator you know tell- oh, no, is, is, is inferno coming from behind the tree it was the most important to have in last episode Oh yes, I um, I say that too unironically. No, actually, Waspinator was the most. I gotta say, I gotta say, I was I was in a shitty mood. I was in a shitty mood last week, so I don't think I made as much of a point. I really like the way that Waspinator's storyline concludes, and mm. and him him being like, I'm sick of dealing with you guys, you know, because he's been there the whole time. It's like it's like the guy that it's like the guy that's been at a crappy job for you know, for six years and sees the people coming in and out and in and out and in and out. And he's like, finally, he's like, I've had enough. I'm going to be a good guy now. <laughs> Screw this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he wanted to be a good guy at all. He just wanted out of the war completely. He didn't want to fight anymore because he didn't want to get, he didn't want to get blown to bits anymore. Yeah. Well, so he, he did became like a conscientious objector. He did yeah, say, I'm, he did say I'm sick of being evil. Like he, because oh, like, like he's like, I'm sick of, I'm sick of just like, con- like, 
like I'm you know he's selfish he wants to be the boss he wants to be power whatever but it's like I I feel I think I think probably what he's seeing is that in the last uh in the last two seasons Megatron has gone from just you know just trying to just trying to be greedy and get a bunch of energon and and you know so he's like a minion of that to now wanting to like manipulate the fabric of reality uh and so it, he's wavered know. from the Predacon manifesto. He's gone from <laughs> well, he's gone from being like from being like an like not an honorable thief, but like from being like a petty a petty criminal to like being like a big like world domination big picture evil evil villain. And yeah. uh and Waspinator's sick of it. Well, yeah, that's understandable. It's not it's not what he signed up for. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like, you know, the first season of of the beast of this war, I was I was fine with it. I mean, I got blown up occasionally, but I always got put back together. My friends got blown up occasionally, but they always got put put back together. But then these last two years of this war, I feel like something's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they didn't always get all their friends back together. No, some some permanently died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, then, uh... I mean, I'll bet. You know, we never saw we never saw him mourning for Pterosaur, but I mean. They were always flying around together. That's yeah. true. And now he's got to fly around with freaking Inferno. <laughs> Inferno's like Megatron's like favorite too. So yeah, like he he got from he joined and almost was immediately promoted above Waspinator. So that's got to be a real sore point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deep lore, <laughs> interpersonal relationships with beast wars, <laughs> which we have to but reject yes. because they decided after the first season to stop having them. Okay, sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good. I promise I'll be good. Mm-hmm. So after the, the flashback, we, we cut to a forest. We first see a leaf with a dew drop. Yeah, with a dew drop of water, and we see a bee walking on the leaf, and as it zooms out, it's like, get, a, like the music, peaceful, tranquil scene thing again. Yeah, we get is it a deer or an antelope? It's like a gazelle or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Is it a um, moose? No, not a <laughs> Um But it, it gets spooked as some birds are flying, fluttering past it. And then we see a shot of like this fireball hitting the ground, followed by other fireballs hitting the, the shoreline as Tigatron and Optimus are hiding behind some rocks. Tigerhawk. Or Tigerhawk, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> So they manage to avoid being shot and look on as the nemesis starts attacking the shore. Uh, basically, Megatron just going nuts, just, you know, shooting randomly all over the place. Um, Optimus winds up radioing back to base and says, we have a code one alert, deploy Operation Eternity. To which Rhinox looks at all the others who all look at him perplexed. Um yeah, because that's only like Rhinox and Optimus knew about Project Eternity. Yeah. So it says like it's very poorly planned. I get the feeling that he basically made that plan the minute he stepped out the door to go chase chase Probably. after him. It's like it's like okay, if worse comes worse, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna call it Operation Eternity. He's like, don't you think we should test it more before we call it a full? Nope, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> well, I mean, at very at very unless unless Operation Eternity is if we have to move the thing, then we'll move the thing. That's what it and is. And then the logistics yeah. of that are so I mean so I mean he probably I mean it's not the ship's not designed to move. 
I mean, it's designed to move, but you know what I mean. Like it's <laughs> it's it's it's, it's crash landed like, and it hasn't been uh, repaired because they can't risk messing with time streams, so they haven't really touched it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've. I don't know. Or have they touched? See, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I would say they probably have been working on it, but I mean, it is a crashed ship that's been crashed there for eighty bajillion years. So, like, they haven't tested it. I'll bet that. I mean, that's the only way that they even could have gotten as far as they did is that they'd been working on it. Like, right? It's one of those things that Rhinox has been working on in secret. I don't. Honestly, I always think Rhinox is not so much as working in secret is that he's just doing it and no one asks him what he's doing. See, yeah. I I feel like I feel like Optimus is probably like, man, all these Predacons keep coming over to our team. I mean, Silverbolt was once a Predacon. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know who we can trust anymore. We got to keep this in the to the inner circle. You know, Rat Trap's always always, you know, talking about talking about giving up you know actually no in the first season rat trap like they thought he was going to turn Cheetor's super immature if if uh black arachnia says the wrong thing to him then then he'll end up switching right sides thing. yeah exactly <laughs> uh but so like so like the only the only one that he trusts is rhinox uh, uh, you know it makes sense but rhinox was a predicon for a little bit i mean programming wise has literally everyone been a bad guy Except for Cheetor. He's been a bad guy. So Cheetor wasn't. Well, no, he ever was a bad guy. No, but Cheetor is he's, consistently. He's been, he's been feral, but he hasn't been like rage bad like like some of the, like everyone else has at one point or another. But he was earlier this. But he he is unpredictable. Yeah. Um. Uh, hmm? Uh huh. And oh. actually, actually, Rat Trap never actually switched sides. But like, yeah, that was they were. Uh, they were suspicious of it. That was the whole point. But uh, although, you know what? That's the kind of thing that, you know, uh, compartmentalization, that episode demonstrates that uh, that Optimus is willing to compartmentalize, not not just like tell everybody everything. So the idea that that Rhinox is the only one that knew about this plan, you know, kind of makes sense. Maybe maybe each of them knows, you know, maybe maybe there's a project a whole lot. And that one is <laughs> known only by a rat trap and then project not very much. And that's, uh, <laughs> and that's, uh, uh, only known by Cheetor. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm very tired. Sorry. I'll try to like keep my shit together, but yeah, I got way more energy tonight than usual. So I'm good. Well, that's good. So, we we turn to to Megatron in the Nemesis as it's firing its guns off at the shore, and of course he is quoting from the co- the second copy of the Covenant of Primus that was apparently or fortunately in the the Nemesis, and of course he says, "I am that which is, which was, and is yet to come, and you'll know my name is Megatron when I lay my vengeance upon you," to, to which. Dinobot asks that he's already read the Covenant. You've already read the Covenant of Primus? And he's like, oh, just the good parts. Yeah. <laughs> and then he slaps a button with the book. Yes. I gotta say, though, Megatron at least had some really good lines here. He does. He go. David K must have had so much fun recording this episode. Yeah, like, he's he's really chewing the scenery. And, and, yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of great. Yeah. Um... From here, Optimus and Tiger Hawk uh, attack the Nemesis, 
Uh, Megatron looks amused that they're trying and they don't really seem to be doing much of anything. And he Megatron flips a switch and we get these compartments absolutely crammed full of missiles that just launch and Tigerhawk and Optimus, you know, fly about to avoid them. Uh, Optimus, unfortunately, is hit by one, though, and starts to, to fall. Um, Megatron, of course, is rather impressed with himself. And the amount of the arsenal. Yes, he he comments. Um, where's the line here? Well, I, I'll say one thing for my namesake. He likes his artillery big and plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. Big artillery. Yeah. <laughs> Um, big powerful artillery yeah <laughs> anywho but yes then he goes on to say now where was I oh yes mindless destruction good for the spark I always say and then Dinobot's like yo my soul's weird what's up <laughs> <laughs> um yes he he comments that he he feels different um at it feels at last complete to which Megatron says oh yes the destruction of Rampage no doubt and then he immediately orders Dinobot to a to bring them around to Vector Six Two on the double. Um, we then turn back to, to Optimus and Tigerhawk, and Optimus is like, "We Optimus has managed to right himself in, before he crashes onto the ground." Um, and in comments that they didn't even scratch it, uh, Tigerhawk then goes on to to tell Optimus to go back to the base to to warn the others while. Uh, while he stays behind, sort of, he makes the suggestion that he'll do his part to try and hold the line until they can get back or come up with a plan. Um, Optimus, of course, doesn't think that he can, but Tigatron says that it's his destiny to try. So um, we then turn back to the other Maximals who are loading up the Ark with different items. Uh, Ratchet, of course, is like, well, what's up? Op- he has no idea what Operation Eternity is. Um, one thing I did notice is Black Arachne is wheeling a cart. Uh, it appears to be full of guns and spare microphones. <laughs> I I like how Ratchet's complaining about how he has to move it all his stuff. And he oh, and, yes. and it's like, what about my Predacon part collection? And he's like, do you know how many of <laughs> Waspinator I have? Yeah, yeah, that's really funny. Like he um, doesn't know what's going on. Like, no, no, not whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, nobody. You know, they told they told uh, last episode they told Rhinox that the show was getting canceled, but they still haven't <laughs> told they still haven't told Rattrap. Yeah. <laughs> um. In fact, that's this is when they actually tell him. Yeah. Yeah, because Rhinox. Goes on to say that the that they have to move the arc. Um, to which Ratchet is just like what? But then we cut back to the Nemesis. Doc, you be playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we cut back to the Nemesis, and we have Tiger Hawk who uh, starts channeling like going full storm. Yes. Yeah. Quite literally, because they manage they shoot like an energy bomb into the air it suddenly causes the sky to fill with clouds uh, then we get like, like a localized tornado kind yeah, of yeah like a localized tornado like literally on the top of the nemesis uh, and it starts draining the power from the ship 
it's yeah because there's spark and electricity going yeah. through it too so there's like thunder messing with stuff yeah um apparently what happens is there's a, a failure on three primary circuits and that it, it knocks the the weapons offline uh <laughs> megatron gets another pretty corny line where he says blast that tiger hawk my forecast was for clear sky all the way back to cybertron yeah because tiger hawk is not only controlling the weather but he's kind of flying around trying to taking pot shots at the hall it's not really doing anything but he's not just standing there yeah in fact i think dinobot comments on it right yes because dinobot observes tiger hawk as he's flying around and uh he he says uh, a brave stand and noble. So we start to see a little bit of the old Dinobot sneaking in, he would appear. Um, Megatron, meanwhile, uh, goes to one of the consoles on the ship and has it divert all available power to the primary weapon. And then he, you know, rather snidely says, and give me target lock. Um we then see like a little radar map as Tiger Hawk's flying towards the ship and it locks onto him. Uh, Megatron then fires off the main gun of the ship. And then and Megatron, Tigertron's like, or Tiger Hawk, whatever, is like, cut me. <laughs> Pretty uh, much, yeah. Me. Ah! Then they have a power then, beam. Yeah. Yeah, they have like power a power beam, beam, beam battle. Um, yeah, I mean, Tigerhawk is just, he's just a character that was cut from a Dragon Ball Z video game, like, and and yeah, rightfully so. Uh, Dragon Ball Z made the right call, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, but for some reason, but I guess Beast Wars was like, well, I mean, we're out of money, the show's getting canceled, I guess we can take this character model from you, we'll just leave the we, same animation. We, we can't pay you a whole lot, but you'll get some exposure. <laughs> <laughs> And then Dragon Ball Z blew up in America. Fuck that. Expose your <laughs> shit. <laughs> but yes, so um, the result of this beam battle uh, unfortunately does not go well for Tigerhawk, as uh, apparently Megatron, just by pushing the button harder, makes the beam more effective. Yeah, it's a pressure sensitive control. It's a pressure sensitive button, just like the buttons on the original Street Fighter arcade game and on the buttons on the ps like two or three i think two to three they have like pressure sensitive <laughs> buttons that's the whole thing like in in like mega solid if you like if you slowly let go of square he'll put the gun away and if you let go of it he'll shoot like you have to like kind of like you can get multiple things done with different buttons just by like having different pressure in the original street fighter game uh they had only one punch and one kick button but your hard punch medium punch and heavy punch was based on how hard you hit the button Oh, so yeah, so I was I was going to say the technology that exists. The pressure sensitive for me was uh, Mad Maestro and hitting the soft notes versus hot, uh, hard like louder notes. Gotcha. I mean, it makes sense because this this whole this episode does look like a a shitty PS2 game. So, oh my gosh, I said I was going to behave. Yeah, what I was going to say, you like this episode Matt better Maestro than the last one. Yeah, yes, better than the last one. <laughs> Matt I'm, Maestro I'm sorry, wasn't we're... a shitty PS2 game. Once, I once... mean, so what if after playing through all 64 concert songs, one after the other, all it said was like, good job, I didn't think you could do it. But it Wait, still was what? fun. Yeah, okay. yeah Matt Maestro was, was a rhythm game 
uh, with classical music, like, you know, Hall of the Mountain King, uh, um, what is it, the Toyador, like all, a bunch of those. And there was like almost like somewhere almost like 100 songs total. And there was one mode where like, like you, you, there was a concert mode where it put some of them together and you played through all of them all one go with trying not to fail. There was also at the very end of all that one that was basically all mode. It was all the songs one after the other all the way through. Oh my god! And my friends were like, Are, "You're you're just crazy enough that you're going to do that, right, Jordan?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I am." And I did it. And then all I got was a little screen that says, "Congratulations!" And basically at the, at the end it was like, "We didn't think you would do it," and that was. It. <laughs> wow. That just, just reminds me of like, um, I'm not sure which. I, I think like the nostalgia critic did like a, a video on like not nostalgia critic outside that angry video game nerd did like kunk, a karate kid game at the end it's just mr miyagi like with a thumbs up or something and like another game he played i was i think it was like ghostbusters it took him so long to beat it was just like congratulations on completing a great game <laughs> I, my my favorite is the uh the original dragon warrior uh dragon quest but american uh it, if you at the end of the game, it just the game freezes. Oh, like you defeat the last you defeat the last, either you do. Well, you get the choice of either joining the evil dragon monster guy or fighting the evil dragon monster guy. And if you if you choose to join him, the game freezes. <laughs> and awesome. if you defeat him, the game freezes. Oh, my That's God. Awesome. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, NES game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, it's like, it's like what I mean. There's stuff. It was like it, the like, NES. It was the JRPG, like Dragon yeah, Warrior. Yeah, yeah, it was the, yeah, yeah, it was like at least, at least like the the one that the it was the game that sort of made JRPGs what you expect them to be. Like you're a dude that walks around and hits things. Uh, I literally think it might have been the first. It well could be wrong, but. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, and uh, so I think I'm kind of an expert. Uh, it it was it was definitely like Ultima was before, and there were some other. I think it Ultima's I, on a JRPG, That's right? A right. It might have been the first JRPG. It, like, I, I think there's, but there's. Uh, I can't remember what they are. There were other Japanese people that made RPGs before, but it was definitely like the one that broke through that because it was crazy popular in Japan. Yeah, and then it came with every issue of Nintendo Power or something. Yeah, I think I had that issue of Nintendo Power that talked about it. Did you get your free copy? No, I found it like a secondhand store. Oh, (laughs) but then I wound up like a year later, my parents wound up subscribing to Nintendo Power for me for Christmas. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like they must have made a billion copies of that game because you go to any used game store and they have a million copies of dragon warrior for five dollars and any srpgs can are not usually five dollars no so but yeah so <laughs> getting back to this so uh tiger hawk is essentially like disintegrated by this weapon and that's kind of the station break i think at the time right yeah it's where we get a we get a big bright flash and then it cuts to black um from here, why don't we take? We're a li- not quite halfway into the episode yet, but we're like thirty seconds take, into the episode. Let's take a break. We are not. We're like seven minutes in. 
<laughs> we are, yeah. Um, why don't we take a quick break here, and then we, when we get back, we shall uh, finish off the episode and then get to our news post. And if we had any questions, I'm not sure if we, we did. Got, so. We got a couple. Okay. And, and some comments and stuff in that. So, yeah. Okay. We got, yeah. like, cool. at least one that's going to be, I'm going to talk about for 45 minutes. So, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Is it the one asking about what you would do differently? Uh, you'll have to wait and see. Listen. <laughs> so you'll have to come back and hear. In suspense. You'll have to fast forward to the end of the episode. No, don't do that. <laughs> no. Look, as long as you download it, I don't care if you listen. I care. I do. I actually don't even care if you download it. Just go to the page. No, I do. I do want them to. Really harshing on our steez there. <laughs> anyway, we're taking a break. We're back. Hey there, Audio Entropy listeners. This is Mike, and I want to tell you about a special event we've got coming up on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash videoentropy. Now, in the past, we've had some pretty successful streams playing Jackbox Party Pack 3 with listeners, uh, basically for an entire Saturday evening, starting in the afternoon U.S. time and running until the wee hours of the morning. And to celebrate the fact that the aptly named sequel, Jackbox Party Pack 4, is coming out, we're going to be having a big, just, celebration party stream on October the 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time or 5 p.m. Pacific U.S. time and running until the wee hours of the morning. Seriously, these things tend to run for like, I don't know, eight or nine hours, basically until everybody feels like stopping. You can come and go as you please. If you can't be there for the start, feel free to show up late. If you can't stay for the whole thing, feel free to leave early. It's fine. It should be a fun time for everyone. Now, if you've never been to one of these streams before, it's really easy to play along. Just watch the stream. Again, twitch.tv slash videoentropy. Open up another browser somewhere on the same computer or on your phone or tablet or however you want to play, and you go to jackbox.tv. And once you go there, you enter in a four-letter code that we'll be giving you, and it'll let you play along. Now, these things are always a ton of fun. You'll be getting to hang out with us and the Audio Entropy crew. You'll be getting to hang out with other Audio Entropy listeners. It's just a blast. Now, again, one last time, that is twitch.tv slash videoentropy, October the 21st, 2017, and that's a Saturday, at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time, or midnight on the 22nd GMT, if that makes it easier for you. And we hope to see you there. Again, after it started, feel free to join in any time. These things are going to run long, and it's going to be a blast. Hope to see you there. All right, so back from the commercial break. Three, two, one, clap. Where, where are we in the episode? Like We, we are seven minutes in. Yes. Like, yeah, I was, like, I was falling asleep that much that I'm like, let me know where we are, really. So, yeah. good, seven minutes, gotcha. When the episode starts getting good, Tiger Hawk has been exploded, and we never speak of him again. Sounds Pretty good much. Yeah. But yes, we... we we return from what would have been a commercial break to Optimus landing in front of the entrance of the base. It's raining out and he's attempting to, to radio to tiger Hawk and he gets a sort of like an automated response that says that unit tiger Hawk has been terminated to which Optimus then freaks out and yells no. And then bangs his hand on, on the entrance to the base and 
says, this ends here, Megatron. No more good friends will be sacrificed to your insane ambitions. Yeah, he's like screaming into the storm kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, he says, I swear no more. And then Rat Trap opens the door and is like, uh, you knock? You knock? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. So from there, we then go to Inferno and Quickstrike, who are taking pot shots at the humans uh, who are running away. Quickstrike is very quick to say, like shooting protoforms in a stasis pod. And of course, Inferno is like, oh, the royalty will be pleased. The new colony is ours. And uh, just as they're, you know, getting excited for it, the, the nemesis comes into view um, Inferno's about to shoot a, a human too, or yeah, yes. about that human. Like, yeah, that, it's the one with the um, it's the one with the the big old hammer. Yep. Yeah, Hammer Man. Yep. Oh. Oh, hammer Man was an old uh, DIC cartoon. <laughs> Deek, just say Deek. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, so Inferno's sort of lining up a shot there, and. Just as he's about to to hit it, we then cut to the nemesis appearing. Um, we've got Dinobot looking at the screen, and it's sort of like a replay of the like the proto human that was just screaming. And he's screaming again up at the ship, and Dinobot is like, "This seems hauntingly familiar for some reason." And we then it's a bit of a flashback here. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a flashback to back to Dakota of Hero, and uh, Dinobot seems a bit silent. We then cut to Megatron, who is like gazing at his dragon head arm uh, as it's gazing back at him. <laughs> he 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 um he's like, I suppose, given my imminent godhood, these primitives should really be beneath my attention. Ah, uh, still no score is too small to settle. I always say. He's just about to push a button to shoot the guns at them. And we get Dinobot who who stops him and is like you would wait you would turn the full fury of this mighty warship on a lone anthropoid. He's, and he says, Tell me, Megatron, where is the honor in that? And then Megatron's <laughs> like, You use the H word with me. Yeah. He- He's ready to like basically. I love that. Punch him. Like he's he's dare use the H word. Yeah. Snarling. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, Di- this whole scene, by the way, I just want to point out that Dinobot's lower jaw just can't keep straight. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Dinobot though does uh, sort of like hesitate and apologize, and he sort of you know says, "I I merely felt our power should be conserved for the larger battle," and this is one, this is one of the favorite lines that I have of this entire series, and it, it it's sort of. Every once in a while, a situation presents itself where I can say it. Um, but Megatron turns to him and says, duly noted and ignored. And then yeah. he goes ahead and hits the button. Good. <laughs> and he doesn't kill the human at all. Nope. But he does kill his like two loyal subordinates. I mean, well, one loyal subordinate. The other one's a little bit. Eh. Yeah, it's a <laughs> sort of hit and miss there. Um. But yes, the the proto human manages to to hide behind some rocks as the uh, the blast goes overhead, and Inferno and Quickstrike though are right, ground both, zero basically. Yeah, they're taken out pretty quick. So yeah, yep. there's, Megatron's uh, there's just some... gone insane at this point. Like 
Yeah, like he's he's kind of gone a little mad with power. Yeah. Um yeah, it, like the way that the gun fires, it's almost like a wall of fire that yeah, like, like, passes over the area. It's like casting a spell wall of fire. Well, it's yeah. like it's a it's wall a fusion gun, right? Yes. yes. So it's literally shooting a sun. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. So it's no quasar cannon. It did a thing that like no one's going to get cuz like I referenced um, the the Dungeons and Dragons arcade game Shadow over Mistar, I think it's called. Oh, and in, in, in that game, you like if you're a magic user, you can cast spells, and the magic user will save a spell. So they're like, wall of fire, <laughs> conjure elemental. <laughs> well, I was hoping that somebody was going to remember the. Magic call- <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that somebody fireball. was. God damn it! Let me say my joke or bad joke rather. Um, I was hoping that somebody was going to make reference to the firewall joke from like way back in season one that we did. Lightning bolt. That's uh, I guess it was derailed. Sorry. Yeah. Flush the stone. Flush the stone. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, um, the drums are way over there. I can't do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. So we get Optimus who. Checks in with Rhinox as to the status of, you know, get everything ready. Um, Rhinox is saying that, you know, they've got everything, all the equipment's aboard, but he needs time to get the Ark's main engines online. Uh, but then they get a, a rumble coursing through the mountain as the, the ship has arrived to to sort of prepare for attack. Um, he orders for the, the guns to come online for full pulse spread, getting ready to fire, to which... Dinobot 2 is like negative fusion reactor currently at 65%. Um, That's what you get for wasting your your energy on, on anthropods. Yes. Yeah. Geez. It's like when Lord Zed did whatever he did with the every time Serpentera. he has the Serpentera. Yeah. It's <laughs> very Serpentera now when you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut back to, to the Maximals as uh, Rhinox is sort of saying we don't even know if the ship will actually power up. Um, he starts pressing some buttons on a console, flicking a switch. Um, so once he does that, though, the console pretty much just explodes to which Rhinox sort of slams on, slams his fist on it. He's like, bad news to which oh. Teeter's like gear just in time for one of those really ominous silences. <laughs> and then right after that, everything starts to float up a little bit. Uh, Rat Trap starts floating up towards the ceiling, and Ops is like, it's a tractor beam. Uh, my my subtitle will say attractive meme. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why they say that, because it's it's clearly a tractor beam. But no, it's it's, it's a tra- attractive beam, apparently. Yeah, because well. it's like a magnet. It attracts metal. Uh-huh. That or maybe also, if, it, if Optimus hmm. had been hit by it, maybe Kendall would have liked his appearance better. <laughs> he does have to fly through it. He's not being pulled by it very much. Well, See, my, head, my, head, my head went to more like a charm spell where it's like we're suddenly Optimus is like, hey, whoa, that ship. It's a nice looking <laughs> ship. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but... It is weird how this tractor beam works because they're like inside of a ship. Yeah. And rather than picking them up or rather than picking the ship up, it picks them up individually. Mm-hmm. 
Which, I mean, I guess that's how okay, well, I, it would I, work. I, I but... feel like, okay, I feel like they're, it's trying to pick the ship up, but the ship's, like, really, like, settled. So and it's, it's taking a bit to pick it up. And but in the meantime, the everything, everything inside of it's getting tractored. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like, guess that makes sense, but it still like, looks weird. I was going to yeah. say, like, imagine basically the ship crashed into the side of the volcano, okay? And the tractor beam is just basically right over top of it. So it's not trying to pull it out backwards through the things. It's trying to pull it up through the mountain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know. No, I'm just saying that, that that would explain why the ship isn't coming up with everyone else it, at, right now. It makes sense. It makes sense. It just looks weird. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like if you had a, a jar of a jar of uh, screws and you and you and the jar was heavy and you put a magnet down, it would pick up the screws inside. But it still looks weird. And it's just like, and I guess the reason it doesn't work is usually tractor beams are in the context of space. And so, and when you're in space with artificial gravity, uh, rules of attraction don't work according to physics. So it would make sense that the, yes. Okay. (laughs) It just looks weird. It's like they turned off the gravity in the, in the earth. It just Mm -hmm. looks weird. I don't know. No, well, see, it, feel it looks weird because, it, again, it's an attractive beam, not attractive <laughs> beam. So it works a little differently. Is it like that? Oh, Is it like the picture of the guy and the he's looking at the other girl? That's the picture everyone's seen. That one picture of the guy looking it's, at the other girl. So it's like everyone me. knows that pic. Oh, that pic. Okay. Yes, yes, it is the meme. It is the <laughs> meme that everyone has seen for these two weeks. <laughs> Now, Greg, oh, make sure you get this episode out on time because a month from now, <laughs> nobody's going to know what that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of dying already. Oh, I saw I saw another version of it on Saturday. Oh, shit. I, I posted describing it on my Facebook on Saturday. So, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I only see memes after they're dead. So, <laughs> so you see dead memes? <laughs> God. I'm leaving the podcast. Look, one does not simply one does not simply watch memes all day. No, you don't tend to watch. That's an old one. Yeah. Um. Um. I don't know. Yes. Thank you, Jordan, for acknowledging the joke. (laughs) Look, I'm just saying the rest. The dress is yellow. Uh huh. Uh huh. Greg, this is like one of those comics where it's like it's like slow, bro. Talking about the news. Cool story, bro. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I was just going to say, Greg, Podcast when you had this done, it's over. <laughs> Edit <Good> run, guys. <laughs> they put in the, they're taking the hi- hobbits to Isengard. Uh. <laughs> just make it even even more obscure old memes. You're the man now, dog. That, that is a sweet <laughs> earth, you would say. Wrong. <laughs> All, all your all your base are belong to us. Oh my god, that one is old. Somebody set up oh us my the bomb. God. We're, we're doing a we're doing a podcast, um, <laughs> in, in Crystal, uh, with some other people that in, involve us reviewing Newgrounds games. Really? And like, yeah, and like one of the um, a very specific series of Newgrounds games. Then <laughs> we were looking at the the rating system and like the oh, right the highest rating system is like is a reference to all your base that belong to us so mm-hmm. like it's yeah it's kind of funny that they 
Grant just is still just like it was back in like 2000. <laughs> when, oh I, when I was in high school, somebody showed me all your base are belong to us. And so I suddenly like understood things and I referenced <laughs> it like too much. And then somebody came up to me. They're like, Kendall, that's the only Internet thing, you know, you should maybe find out, learn some other Internet things, because not everything is all your base or belong to us. All your base, your base, 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 all your base are belong to us. <laughs> Remember how the song went? Yes, that's We've already how that had the break, went. so I can't put that song oh, into the break. Yeah, good point. What do you mean we've already had a break? What yes, because mean? this is like, because oh. <laughs> Emily, we record this podcast live. It it goes what? Yeah, it like te- sorry, te- sorry, te- it only airs now? it only airs in the United States. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That's why I get it on Netflix. Like Riverdale. No, we're Hulu exclusive, sorry. Fuck. Yep. What's no wonder that? we can't see it up here. <laughs> Screwed over again. Greg, Greg does a great job, like real time editing too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, then. so were we talking about a show? Yes, we were talking about the show. <laughs> oh yeah, the tractor meme, the attractive yes. meme. <laughs> so, yes. So the rocks are getting pulled up by the attractive beam, and we get Megatron who is watching a monitor. He starts quoting more from the Covenant of Primus. It it seems like excuse me, I yawned a little bit there. It seems like he's trying to line things up as if the Covenant of Primus was foretelling all of this going on, uh, because it makes reference to the rocks, the stone of their protection shall rise upward forever and ever, as they who live in war as beasts confront their final cycle. Um Dinobot reports that the fusion cannon is now at seventy percent power. Uh, we then cut to more of the rocks that are floating up and we get Optimus sort of having like a little badass moment where he breaks one of them with his fist and says that this has to stop now. Uh, he's, then he gets clunked. Yeah, then he gets clunked by another rock and winds <laughs> up landing on a really big rock as he starts you know, moving rock. slowly. So the rocks as they're rising up, um, the, the attractive beam has these spinner blades that are breaking up the rocks as they come up towards the ship. Uh, so we would have gotten like a second commercial break where, you know, it would have let, been a bit of a cliffhanger with Optimus sort of passed out on top of this rock as it's floating towards them. Uh, when he, when we come back, he's actually coming to, as he's getting near to the blades uh, we then cut back to, to Dinobot and Megatron, and the, the fusion cannon's now at 90% and rising, and Megatron's like, yes, yeah, so, soon it will be over. So, um, this scene with uh, where Optimus gets knocked out, I don't know if I've just been watching too much TV or something, I don't know, too much realistic sci-fi or something, or whatever. I literally was sitting there, I was like, wow, is this how they're going to kill off Optimus? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, really? first of all, this show, like these last few episodes, they've demonstrated they're willing to arbitrarily kill off characters for no reason. Uh, yeah, it's almost like Joss Whedon made it or something. <laughs> Look, oh. when Joss Whedon kills off a character, it's it's he it's different because he doesn't kill uh-huh. off lots of characters. He kills off one character in order <laughs> to demonstrate like that plot armor isn't a thing like and then there's and then there's impact to it it might be mm-hmm. out of nowhere but there's impact to it like look 
I don't, anyway, I don't well, care. There was, if, there was impact to Tiger Hawk's death. You know, there was what? enough impact to send his parts over there, Who, over there, yeah, over I was, there. I was going to say, there's <laughs> definitely no impact to Tiger Hawk's death. Like, <laughs> I literally had forgotten that he had died by the end of the commercial break. And there wasn't even a commercial break. For, I had forgotten that he had lived. Too soon, Kendall. Too soon. Wait, who's Tiger Hawk? Exactly. See? Kitty Hawk. Um, Kitty Hawk. That sounds cool. Is it like a character? That is, is it like first name Kitty, last Kit, name Hawk. Kit, Kitty Hawk Kitty is Pride. a city in North Carolina where the where the Wright brothers uh, flew their plane the first yeah, time. Yeah. See, see, I mentioned it at the on the Cybertronian News Networks, but I forgot that most few people were from Canada, so you didn't know about Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. We know about Kitty Hawk on the news network. When we did that, K's not Canadian, and so oh, yeah, we know about Kitty well, Hawk. Well, I, I mentioned I don't like know about Kitty Hawk, Hawk and the Wright brothers, and yeah, you and Casey didn't didn't recognize what I was saying. Yeah, because we don't we don't know things. Well, I live <laughs> I live in Ohio, the birthplace of aviation. Yeah, so uh, I know I know a little bit about the Wright brothers and stuff like that. So yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. No, we're not. Uh, what, but my point was, my point was like, I don't know. I legitimately thought like, like Optimus getting knocked out and slowly moving towards the spinning blades. Like he could have died that way. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe the show is, maybe the show is doing what Walking Dead does and like just makes me like they con- they've killed off a billion characters, whether I liked them or not. And so now nobody's safe. But I guess I should have remembered that Rick is still safe and Optimus is Rick. So <laughs> true yeah. enough. Um, Optimus, when he comes to, he he sees the blades. He freaks out a little bit at first, but then he notices past the spinning blades that there seems to be like some sort of an access door. Uh, so thinking quickly, he literally tears off one of his wings. And uses it as like a throwing knife to jam yeah. up the gears of the blades long enough for him to be able to jump through and knock it sliced up. And he grabs onto the handles of the door, opens it up, and then he goes in. We get like this sort of first person perspective as he starts to go inside. It's um, pretty cool. All things yeah. Concerned. I, yeah. I don't know about, I don't know that I agree with that assessment. I thought this was the most video gamey thing. Oh like God, <laughs> but it would what be the fun. hell? Like you hate everything. Like Jesus, it's like it's video gaming. Like because it's never happened to Batman, right? Where Batman like throws a batarang and like stops some gears moving so he can get through something. It's an everything like that. Literally, like, that kind of situation. The way like, they did it, the way they did it, it seemed very whatever. video gamey. <laughs> like like because he because he like yeah he was like going there Plus, and then what's wrong with video games i'm like, not even never. saying it's i'm not even necessarily saying it's a criticism well yeah you are because i'm like it's cool and you're like oh, i don't agree with that assessment i don't agree that it's cool like <sighs> like if it's if i mean it's 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 it's, it's a, i do think it's a little too video gamey and and uninspired i guess also i'm pretty sure he couldn't fit through that hole yeah he could yeah, it was a pretty you big. See him hole. fly through it, like. Yeah, uh, they make oh, do you mean smaller. even the access door? Yeah, the access door is pretty small, actually. Yeah. The, the spinning blades. The access door is pretty small. Yeah. Plus, why would you have an access door re- in the middle of a spinning blade? And why blade would thing? it be like maximum some, size and not like get out there and unclog those gears? I guess maybe one of like his cassette t- tapes could have like gone and done that kind of stuff, but it's like a this is a Decepticon ship. 
it's kind of weird actually i think about it but whatever <laughs> i mean it's fine like it's fine i i don't i didn't i i i don't know it just it seemed very i don't know there's just uh this this should have blah, 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 blah. okay move on <laughs> yeah so we we go back to the uh the maximals who are trying to get the power working on the arc black arachnia seems to be like trying to sort of jury rig some sort of a a system that's going to connect the main thrusters to what she refers to as teletron one and rat trap quickly corrects her says it's teletran i like that because i think that was just a mistake in like an earlier episode but now yeah. they're like lampshading it and like giving it an in-law reason that she just literally didn't know how to pronounce the word yeah. apparently um, i love her response is just whatever yeah, yeah. Says, i've only um, seen it written i've never heard it pronounced yeah it is yeah. teletran yeah yeah it's with an a right no i yes. i know that i'm saying that's what she said yeah <laughs> that's I, what I she got, said i got that you're making a joke ken the drums um, are over there did we we miss, did we miss about the joke about uh, him uh, about Black Arachnia stealing? I was just about okay. to say that. Um, okay, because what what she because she need she says that she needs um, a conduit cable to finish the connection. So she literally grabs rat traps, sort of like sword tail. lance, yeah, lance sword tail, tail thing, and yeah. she snips off. She's, well, first like, he says, hey. like, you emasculating fembot. Yeah, yeah he literally, literally slices it the tip off. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So then she connects it, and then uh, Rhinox tries to start the ignition sequence. Uh, looks like it might work, and but she, then... But she clips the tail off, yeah, it switches to silver ball, and he's like, um... <laughs> like, he's like, yeah. not like, oh, a little scared. <laughs> she's, she's just circumcising it. Ugh. No, thank you. That's right. No. I can make jokes that are in poor taste, too. <laughs> I guess it's hey. behind what she did. It's only, it looked like she was just snipping off the freaking tip of the whole thing. But anywho, yeah. I think Kendall is referring to the joke that I made on TWA a couple of I, weeks back. I don't even I don't even know what I'm referring to. <laughs> uh, I don't even know. OK. <laughs> um, but the the the, oh, was the cable. Like the, was it like the Lord Zed one that we did? Yes. God, yeah, I did that joke. But yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> well, so the 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 cable that that she uses to make the circuit eventually starts to melt down due to too much voltage going through it. So the the ignition sequence does not go. Uh, Rhinox is very uh, disappointed to say the least, as he's like, "Well, that's it. Well, uh, that's yeah. it. Yeah." That's it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Rat Trap gets to say we're all gonna die. Yeah, he's like, so we're we're all gonna die. And then and then Rox is like, Yep. Which I thought was <laughs> yeah. good because like he's like agreeing with him now, like before. Yeah. He's never done that before, which is like it's yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um we get uh a scene with uh, Optos manages to to break into the the bridge of the Nemesis after this, um, basically busting through the floor. Um, I was kind of hoping it would have been a wall because then I would have been like, "Oh yeah," but it's <laughs> the worst floor. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, so they Megatron's like, "Oh, get on with it." Where's the speech? To which Optos reply is, "Speech this," and immediately consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which is and then, basically and then Dinobot laughs, which I thought yeah. was good. That interaction is basically the interaction between uh Optimus and Megatron in Transformers three. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure pretty sure Michael Bay was uh <laughs> super inspired by Beast Wars. <laughs> season maybe season three of Beast Wars, am I right? <sighs> Anywho. Um so we sort of cut back and forth a bit. Um, Megatron starts quoting from the Covenant of Primus again. Uh, and he finishes it off by saying, but the hero would not prevail. And then Optimus like, finish the quote, Megatron, nor would he surrender. Yeah, it's pretty badass. So I, think, yeah. I like this whole conversation between uh, Optimus and Megatron. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, so... Optim- Although Optimus sort of gets the crap kicked out of him a bit, mind you, he's, he's been too bad at one point. <laughs> yeah, Megatron like socks him in the mouth, and he you see his mouth sort of like mm-hmm, they literally spits the tooth into his palm. This is like one of his molars, I would say. Sure. Yeah, Robo molar. So actually, his yeah, front tooth. Is. You see, uh, robots have molars in the front. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. A, yeah. I learned that in. In Cybertronian dentistry, it was an elective that I took in college. It was instead of having to take four years of Spanish. Oh, see, I only took Eternia's uh, dentistry with Molar. I like the combo move that Megatron does here when he runs up to him after saying that, like, finish the, the line where he, like, grabs Optimus's face with his dragon hand and then starts blowing the fire directly into it. And then he, like, throws him into a wall. It, it looks like a fighting game move, and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um... Then I think he throws him across the room at one point. Yeah, he too, throws him into a, he, yeah. After, <laughs> well, after throws blowing him, fire in his face, he throws him yeah. into a wall and like yeah. And then Optimus gets up and he's all like burning up and he pulls out his guns and he fires, but Megatron, Megatron. dodges it and then like yeah. knocks him off the. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a boss battle. He got through the quick time event <laughs> to get through the to get through the hatch and then there was a cut scene where they had their little conversa- conversation and then he. He did a punch to uh, to Megatron, and that that triggered the the beginning of the boss battle. Mm. Now, one thing that does happen as well is uh, as Optimus is sort of like trying to get his bearings again, and Megatron orders the the main fusion cannon to be online. He's like, "Victory is at hand," and Dinobot is you know kind of frustrated. He's like, "A coward's victory. The Ark is defenseless. Not much sport in this." Um, to which he seems to have this realization as the uh, the tractor beam is is deactivated and he starts sending data to the arc and as it turns out it appears to be something within the arc. Um, How did Dinobot know this? Uh, because he had the golden disc. So so Dinobot knew that there was the a Dinobot. car in the middle yeah. of the arc and the uh, and the auto and the. And the uh, Maximals who've been living in the Ark didn't know there was a car there. I don't think they've been exploring the Ark. I think they've been leaving the Ark alone. <sighs> yeah, he had time. He had time to th- thoroughly study the Golden Disk, and the Ark was a myth- mythical, uh, le- treasured landmark. So they never actually explored it. Plus, plus they didn't want to fuck the timeline. So there's a well, that's that's the thing. One thing that's mentioned um, because the Maximals get. A notification that there's a data stream coming in. Rhinox sees what Dinobot's seeing, and he says, "This might be our chance. Come on!" And Black Arachnia's like, "Er, yeah." Black so, Arachnia says it wasn't in the files. 
yeah, it wasn't in the, in the schematics for it. To which Rhinox is like, well, which history it wasn't, still it wasn't, being wasn't in the history. Yeah, it was. Things. It wasn't in the history books, and he's like, history still being written. And yeah, the reason it wasn't in the history books is because they take it. Yeah, right. And I like just, time travel stories. It just feels like they didn't. I I don't know if if it really was because Dinobot had access to the golden disc. That they just don't say that. It could be too, maybe that the ship just scanned the arc and. He saw the scan. Yeah, I think he was just scanning to see if, like, to, to see if there's anything they could do, and he found the and shuttle. The, the scanner's better in the the scanner's better there than inside of the. They didn't. Ch- okay, for one thing, I, I, okay, like I don't know if like there's an option to scan your own ship, and secondly, they di- again they didn't explore the arc at all because they didn't want to like fuck up the timeline. <laughs> I- it just seemed, I mean, they obviously did something with the arc because they made it so that it would go. Well, they Or they tried to make it so that it would go. So they must have had some, at least, I, I, I felt, I felt like they were just cobbling it together right then. Have they been working on it for a while, you said? I, I mean, they like, must, they had to have, I mean, re- really, they had to have been in some, to some degree because Rhinox had to figure out whether there were engines or not. Like it was, it had a code name. It wasn't like. It wasn't like Optimus saying, can you get this thing to run if we need to move it? It was uh, execute order 66 infinity. Like <laughs> he had, you know, he had, he had the code for it. So they must have, I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense to me that they wouldn't. I mean, yeah, I guess if they're going by the history banks rather than the internal schematics of the ship, but why at some point they must have looked at the schematics of the ship and seen somebody in his, in all of history must have seen that when they left Cybertron before it, in the middle of the war or whatever, whatever the origin story for the arc is that there was a car in it. And then there's not a car in it anymore. Yeah. And I'm sure their first, their first thing was like, okay, so clearly this is time travel and we're going to write about this and not just be like, Oh, I guess we didn't have a shuttle. We thought we did. That's weird. And then never write about it. Because do you think they write about the kind of stuff in history books? In, that there's like <laughs> I think that I think that in I think that if you if you uh if you were if your job was to study the Titanic, you could you could go in and you could see uh and there is the data, especially if your robots and the Titanic was in the future. Like you could break down there would be a lot of information breaking down exactly how many title. You know exactly how many Titanic and the Titanic is in the future. <laughs> well, but like, 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 uh, for example, for example, I'll use like if there was an extra lifeboat on the Titanic that was supposed to be there that w- that then wasn't there, like that would be documented somewhere. Ooh, I guess so. maybe, but but also like would have would you have read about it? Like if if all they're doing is sitting and studying about it, <laughs> like he's not all they're doing. They're fighting a war. Well, to, to be fair, though, this is a ship that, from the maximal perspective, this is a ship that they would have been – the schematics of this ship would have been made millions of years prior. So there's certainly po- the possibility that things might have been lost over the course of time. I mean, just looking at our history, I would assume I mean, that there's probably detail – minute details. Yeah, I mean – I mean they retool – I mean they've done stuff with it. They they retooled things so that the defense system of the, sh- of the ship is their defense system and they're living in the ship. Yeah, but they don't want to well, go not too far. They're not living in the Ark. They're like living outside the Ark decidedly. Like they probably 
like jury rigged something in to connect to the power grid of the arc, I would assume, but they don't want to go messing it with it too much for fear of, of irreparably damaging the time stream in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I, like we said, they could have lost information. I mean, they could have burned down the library of Robo Alexandria. It just, no, well, it's just, I, like, it, it, I, it, okay. It just seems like that was a cool line. Maybe just let them have a cool line. Maybe that's how it should be. <laughs> no, no, it's like, no, it's a, it's because they didn't know how to end the series and they need it. They were like, we have 30 seconds left. Let's just, apparently there's been a ship there the whole time. Like, <laughs> but it like, I don't know. I think it made for a cool line myself. So I don't really, I think there's enough there that you can extrapolate. Like, as I've already said, my reasons to why I think they wouldn't know there was a ship there. And, and like, it just makes for a good scene. So I don't know. Like, I, I just, I just feel like it's lazy writing is what it comes down to. It's, it's either, or it's, it's lazy writing or it's, or it's that, or it's just that they ran out of time. And so this was the only option. So, which is also lazy writing. I mean, oh, they, well, they definitely ran out of time, yeah. unfortunately. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's not. And then there's another thing that pisses me off, too, that we'll get to in like th- 30 seconds. So I'll, we can move yeah. on. OK, <laughs> so we we turn back to to Megatron, who between beating up on Optimus and Dinobot sending this schematic has transformed into a dragon. Yeah, I, I was watching Cassie again. And she was like. Why is he a dragon now? And I'm like, why isn't he a dragon? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so I wasn't sure if we had if we hadn't got if we'd gotten to this part, but in over the course of this scene, he switches forms like eight times. Yeah, that was actually mentioned in the animation errors, like that he seems to keep changing back and forth off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Optimus manages to get back to his feet as Megatron is is like ordering. For Dinobot to fire, and Optimus is like, "No, don't!" And then Op- Megatron like blasts him with some fire. Um, we we then cut back to the Maxwells as they stumble upon the shuttle, and the line that we talked about yeah, earlier like, is mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's just cool because like it, like maybe like it's a cop out to why they they wouldn't know about the shuttle, but it makes for like a good line. And I think it's a good enough reason they wouldn't know about it that because it wasn't in the history books because they used it. And that's why it wasn't like that's that's a cool concept that like that there's this shuttle there that no one that wasn't in the history books because of because they already uh-huh. used it like it, and everything was supposed to happen. Like, I don't know. I think that's like t- it's a cool it's a cool it, time travel stuff. I don't no, know. No, it's no, a no. stable I, time I, loop. I accept I accept that portion of it. I think it would have been the writing would have been better if. They'd have said, okay, now we're going to start looking for things. Like, it just seems really, really out of left field that they were like, oh, crap, we have no time left. Okay, we've got, we've got, let's see, we've got one, two, three, four, we've got 37 plot lines we need to ta- to wrap up. Okay, so here's one, here's a way that we can wrap up, that we can wrap up Dinobots thing. We can end the war. We can give them a way to go home and we can acknowledge the perfect, protect the future story arc. So that's. So that's four story arcs that we can that, that we can tie up as long as we do this this brute force thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, to be fair, they did have earlier rights of the script where they did use the arc to fly up and attack the thing instead of the, the shuttle that they found. So, I mean, on one of the passes, they they 
they ended up having to do this, and maybe it was in because the arc of time. In the air would have been weird though, because then they yeah. had to put it back to exactly where it was. Because like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, didn't they? Um, well, well, actually, it would make more sense because they're crashed in Africa and stuff, blah blah blah, and then they would crash it into Mount St. Helens or wherever it is in the show. Mount St. Uh, Mount Hillary, I think it is. It's not. It's just. Uh, it's like it's I, not Mount St. Helens, but they call it something like that. Yeah, yeah, it is, but I it just, isn't. I, the name's escaping me right now. Um, I thought it was just Mount Hillary, not like St. Hillary thing. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so we we get um, Megatron sort of saying to to Optimus, "I am Alpha and Omega, Optimal Optimus, now and forever until the end of time." And then he orders Dinobot to destroy the Ark. And Dinobot turns around as he's been looking at the radar and sees a ship blip showing up on it. He turns around and says, negative, to which Megatron's like, what what possible reason do you have to disobey me? I am your master. I am your creator. To which Dinobot then responds with, and I have my honor. To which Megatron gets pissed. You said the H word again. Yep. So... He goes and bats Dinobot aside and he lands next to Optimus. And just as Megatron is about to push the button to fire, he looks up and sees the Autobot shuttle coming towards the ship. And we get Rhinox saying for everything that ever was. And he crashes the shuttle into the bridge. It's a good moment for Rhinox. Yeah, and runs over Megatron and becomes on his windshield. Yep. And he exits out the other side of it. Causing a huge explosion. And is completely uh, unharmed. Yeah. Because apparently all that the most powerful Decepticon ship ever needed for in order to be completely destroyed was for one uh, Autobot to to drive a car through it. Well, you know, Kendall, it this worked does. worked on the Imperial Star Destroyers. Yes. I was just and the fucking, say, and, what Well, so it worked, it worked on the Executor because, first of all, they took out the they took out the deflector shield. And second of all, that fucking A-Wing pilot died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he sacrificed okay, like, himself. I was going to point out that they didn't have deflector shields because the ship was damaged already. Okay. Well, this I'll, one was this, – this shuttle was strong enough to fly through the bridge, the bridge which normally would have been protected by ship defenses – but weren't because it's just Megatron on the ship, and then it takes out the cockpit of the ship, so like all the controls for it and everything, and that's why it falls. Like it's not. I don't think it's that ridiculous. Like but, I don't know. Like, so so <laughs> this is a this is a trope that I that makes me angry every time it happens. Uh, the other the other most notable time that I remember like getting having steam shoot out of my ears was at the end of Star Trek Nemesis when the. <laughs> when the enterprise rams the other ship because like they they make they make it seem like it's a suicide it's a suicide run like he's mm. and he even has like a good final line and if if they'd have killed i mean that would have been a powerful death if we'd a lot if we if rhinox had gotten killed here yeah it would have you yeah. know it would have had meaning and all that stuff and probably probably optimus would have survived because of whatever reason but like it's just it's like and I don't, I don't know, like, it's like, it goes in like it's going to be a heroic sacrifice, but they were like, oh crap, but we also need that ship to fly home. I guess he's fine. <laughs> I can understand I, the I did, frustration. I, did, like, I, I I could see it being a heroic sacrifice, but I can also see it just being a badass moment where he flies ship through a, a, cock, uh, a, a bridge and is fine. Like, I don't know, like, whatever. 
I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of reminded of the start of this season where they were commenting on the actual makeup of the arc and how it wasn't built. It was poured. So the same maybe could have been said for the shuttle at the same time as well. So maybe that's why it had a bit more durability than what you would have had but with a it, normal ship. So, but the so was the freaking Decepticon <laughs> ship. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it was also diecast. Maybe the Decepticon ships are shittier. Yeah, that's why the uh, the Decepticons were, were rebelling. Remember, they just couldn't only get their hands on secondhand stuff. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that's it. I it does. I mean. The fact of the matter is, they set it up like it's going to be a a, a heroic sacrifice. It's, I did not it's a get ship that, that they shouldn't have had. Happened. It's a ship that they shouldn't have had in the first place. They set it up to be a heroic sacrifice, and then it's also the ship that they take home. It doesn't even fucking kill Megatron. True. Okay. Because they can't kill Megatron. Because again, they painted themselves into the corner with the spark bullshit. Like. <laughs> And to think Kendall actually liked this episode better than the last episode. episode. I I thought this is a cool moment where Mm. cool stuff happens and then Dinobot dies because he stays behind for whatever reason. I mean, I don't really get why he does that, I guess. But yeah, I didn't get it too much either. (laughs) I was okay with that. Well, I I guess because the the bridge was was blowing up and Optimus in it, and he's on on a flyer, and Optimus doesn't have time to grab him and escape. Mm. There we go. Yeah, Yeah, I actually actually liked Optimus leaving, because, like, Optimus did not try to save him, because he, I mean, he knew he couldn't, but he actively made the decision to leave leave Dinobot, which I thought was actually a relatively powerful moment. So that's Mm. why I liked the episode. Oh, and I do see the transwarp cell in his hand. Yeah. And okay. yeah, like they didn't have, you know, they didn't have time to explain because that makes a little bit more sense. Like that mm-hmm. maybe they knew, maybe Rhinox knew there was a ship there, but it was going to be completely useless unless they had a transwarp cell. Like mm-hmm. that maybe. would be, that would make sense. But again, they don't, they don't state that because they don't have time because they have too many plot threads to, to tie up. Yeah. So we, we get the ship, you know, exploding. It goes crashing off into the sunset. Um, Optimus lands as everybody watches on. We then sort of fade to black and then we cut back to the shuttle launching again. And Optimus this time is flicking some switches. Uh, Rhinox has activated a, the transwarp cell, which is now connected to the console of the shuttle. And the shuttle lifts off and zooms away from Earth. And we've got Optimus who, uh, you know, Starts quoting from the Covenant of Primus once again. It says, in the spark of an enemy, there will be salvation. And in the darkest hour, there will be a light. To which Rattrap says, yeah, from a very unexpected source, old Chopper Face's clone. Who'd have thunk it? We then get Optimus who uh, says, and let us never forget those other brave bots who sacrificed, safeguarded past, present, and future. And we get all of the other... Maximal's sort of, you know, looking a bit sad. But then Rat Trap pipes up and he says, you know what the best thing is? We don't have to see Megabutt's ugly mug again until we get back to Cybertron. And then we cut outside the shuttle and we've got Megatron literally strapped to the back of it by energy binds and yelling as they enter into the, the transwarp portal. And from here, we then cut back to Earth and this is where we get our little sort of Ewok Return of the Jedi scene uh, as we sort of pan down from the moon 
to the uh, to this vi- uh, anthropoid village now, and one of the one of them is using Quick Strike's uh, snakehead. Snake yeah, it's like a horn. Uh, another one's using Inferno's head as a, a bongo drum. Uh, they're using Quick Strike's head. Its head is a bongo drum too, isn't it? No, it's oh. somebody's using it as a mask. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, they're using Quick Strike's legs as like uh, stands for this uh, fire. Oh, yes, and they're using Inferno's jet as an actual like uh, sort of like a stove or like a, a campfire to roast this big chicken. And uh, oh, is it Una? I think it's Una who's wearing Quick Strike's yeah. face as a mask. Seems like something she um, would do. And she's dancing yeah. with up and down too, like she's yeah. having the time of her life. And as we pan, pan past her, we get uh, some of them using these big fans, and we see Waspinator sitting in a chair, and he's like, "Ah, ha, Waspinator, happy at last." <laughs> he's come through you, over. Yeah. Yep. And then that's the end of the series. Yep. So finally, <laughs> um, no, the ending, the last little, the little bit with Waspinator. I'm glad they did it the way they did. That's like that is the one thing I remember from this episode in my ch- of out of my childhood because I definitely yeah, I that too. I definitely watched this episode in my childhood, and I don't remember anything about it except for that. Okay, I remember that. And is does Waspinator show up in Beast Machines? He Do you want to be spoiled? Okay, never mind. Okay. I mean, I was yeah. thinking that I was thinking that he like is just still there at the beginning mm. of Beast Machines. I could go into it, but it'd be very very spoilery. Yeah. So okay. I don't want to. Well, I, I mean, apparently really get into it without ruining. Apparently, the answer oh, yeah. is yes. Then. Well, no, I, oh, I can still reference him, but to explain it would okay. ruin a, a bit of the show. It's enough. Show. That's enough. <clears throat> yeah okay uh, anyway so yeah i liked the episode i thought it was a cool like epic ending for beast wars with like some the stakes are pretty high and i liked i liked optimus and megatron's like final battle on the ship and <laughs> i liked um dinobot coming to his senses and and like uh like i liked again i liked the time travel like line there that was cool and then them flying the ship through like it had a pretty like epic ending where like lots of stuff blew up and cool stuff happened. And then the, the scene where they're taking off is just, I don't know. It feels good. I thought like, like, okay, like this is like the end, like cool. And then, well, and then everything will get fucked up in beast machines. But for now, everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, um, you know, maybe, maybe there were times where like some things seem really fast and, and glossed over, but the, yeah, there's definitely a lot the of episode, plot threads they, yeah. they left hanging for sure. But, but like the, the episode itself enough. is very epic and they hit and the ones that they do handle, they hit really like they hit hard to make make the make the things, you know, I guess outstanding or 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 major parts of the of the of the episode. So I guess it's basically like it's it's it gives you a lot of bang for your buck, I guess. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah I liked it yeah and of course I'm glad Waspinator is is get sits back and relax and doesn't have to worry about being scrapped yeah <laughs> yeah all well, right so any, for any me I, yeah okay I I thought it had some some good moments to it like some some definitely good lines I yeah like I can certainly understand Kendall's you know 
observations and thoughts about it too, though. But at the same time, they, I think they tried to, they didn't have a lot to be able to, to work with, unfortunately, due to probably finding out very late that they were not going to get another season. So, so here's, here's the thing. I mean, yeah, it definitely, a lot of the problems were that the show got canceled. Um, but at the same time, I'm just not like, just like, just like a lot of my other complaints are because the show is all about selling action figures. Like, I, I don't think that that's a, it, we're going, we're, we come back to this, we're coming back to this show after 20 years for a reason because it was, mm-hmm. because it, it, at least we remember it standing on its own. And so, and so I think it is, I think it is important. And I guess I'm, you know, I'm the asshole, but like, it's important to, to acknowledge that this show was, was hindered by those limitations. Like it was hindered by, by editorial crap about Tiger Hawk. You know, it was hindered about, by, uh, them not knowing whether there was going to be a, series so they had to make it unclear who was going to survive until the next year you know it was it was hindered by by the show randomly getting canceled you know uh, like and especially like i mean especially the fact that they felt they needed to wrap up all the plot threads and then they came out with beast machines which is just a which is just a continuation i mean it's obviously it's a different aesthetic and a different setting and everything but like they could have, they could have taken time, like if they needed to, if they needed to take, you know, the opening arc of Beast Machines to, to cl- tie up some of these loose ends, they could have, you know, there are, I, I, I just, I just feel like there's the, the, they didn't do a good job this season, particularly this season, like second season had its, had its issues, but then this season, like they just tried to do too much that more than more than what they were equipped to to handle. They tried too many plot threads. Mm-hmm. They tried to they tried to go hard more not hard sci-fi, but like more serious sci-fi rather than being a show about toys. Whereas in the first season, and maybe it's because they had extra episodes in the first season, they were able to do those standalone standout episodes that were really, you know, that were really neat, you know, character focused. We really got to, you know, we really got to know each of the characters. Like, I don't know. I mean, even, even Scorpionok, a character that isn't super developed, like he had a, he had a few features. Did, did Quick Strike ever get a feature episode? Not exactly. No. Sort of kind of one when he was with the spiders. Yeah. But- that wasn't really a quick strike centric episode, really. And he was on, and he was on the show for two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Like it just, yeah, I, I, yeah, and yeah. Okay, that's all. I said my piece. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess, like as a whole, I did enjoy Beast Tours as a whole, as a show. I thought it was, it was, it was, it was fun. I'm glad I got this opportunity to go back and watch the show from my childhood with you guys and. And, and get through it all because I it just hit me that this is the last episode of Beast Wars. So maybe we should talk about the series as a whole a little bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah like I'm, glad, I'm glad I was able to revisit this thing from my childhood, which I never really got to finish back then, and I never really rewatched since I was a kid. So yeah, I mean, like I had a good time. It was a cool show. Um, it definitely had uh, its hangups, like Kendall said, and due to it being a, a commercial 
they did a pretty good job, I think, for it mostly being a commercial, though. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, and, like, my obviously, I, I mentioned my hang-ups with the treatment of, of Air Razor, but that was just one episode. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it was. I had a great time with the show, and I'm glad I revisited it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm me too. I'm kind of glad that we got to watch this again and stuff like that. Like, I'm... Like I remember when it was uh when it was first on Netflix and I found that was on Netflix I kind of sat down and watched all of it like all the way through and I think the only other like old series from my childhood that I actually done that is Jackie Chan's Adventure. That's a good show. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so and I like mean, I'm just saying is that it was one of those things where like for all its faults and 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 problems there's a lot of stuff that can be found to enjoyable in it. Oh gosh, yeah. And I'm just glad, and I just had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked the series. Just, yeah, it's just that the like the first season was really solid. It's like it's like Heroes. Uh, you know, the first season was really good, and you felt like it would it would take off from there. But it sort of there was a downward trend with it instead. I also think that uh, the right way to watch it is like just like binge through everything because then you power through the bad stuff and can just, and can just grasp onto the good stuff. Yeah. I think that's the, that's kind of the problem with one episode a week is I, you know, I'm stewing on, I'm, if there's a, if there's a bad episode, we're talking about it for three hours, whether we like it or not. And yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll talk more about uh, like the real big whole thing stuff next week. Cause next week we're going <laughs> to, Talk a little bit about this short where they steal the golden disc or something. <laughs> and we're going to have our top five episodes of the series that we'll discuss. Yeah. So I think there we can there we can be. And I'll be real positive on that because you guys won't choose bad episodes. <laughs> we'll see, I, I, guess. Guarantee, I guarantee nothing. <laughs> I don't think I, I doubt that I doubt that any of the episodes that I legitimately took issue with would be in your top five of the entire series. No. Like, no, I mean, except not. for maybe, except for maybe code of honor, but I mean, code of uh, hero, whatever it's called. <laughs> it's a really forgettable episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just going to even that episode wasn't. Nine. Even that episode wasn't that. I mean, that episode wasn't that bad. I just, it wouldn't be in my top five. Hmm. Hmm. No, I mean, you guys aren't going to say, like, the... See, the problem is, like, I don't know the I'm names of the episodes. I'm definitely putting the truce on my episodes, not mine. You can... You know what? You know what? I'm going to rewatch the truce this week. Because I have a feeling it's not as bad as I remember. I have a feeling I'll watch it. I'll be like, oh, I remember Pterosaur. That's that's a funny with the Pterosaur punching the guy. <laughs> I'll, I will bet. I'll bet. Because, because I did not know what I was getting in for when I wanted the show to be... <laughs> Because when we were watching season one, if you'll remember, I wanted the show to be more serious and dark and have complicated yes. plot lines and threads. Yes, you did. I was yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if anything else, you can listen to our whole series and see Kendall slowly sour on the whole thing. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just I play the I play the hater on this on this show. I think- that's. I, that's I my role. That's more of like a critical eye. Like, yeah. Like whenever, whenever we get to uh, rose-colored glasses from nostalgia, 
Kendall's there to remind us of like, oh, hey, this is 90s technology. I'm, I'm going to be completely like honest. Like there, there's a very large amount of nostalgia with me just from the fact that it's Transformers from the get go. Um, well, yeah, there's nostalgia for me from it being like my first Transformers series I actually really watched. Um, with that being said, like I had it had been a long time since I had watched any of Beast Wars. I think the last time I had watched any of it would have probably been at least five years ago, if not longer. Um, I watched a couple of episodes of my son. He sort of kind of like some of it didn't like gravitate towards it a whole lot, which was fine. Um, And then getting the chance now to sort of go through the whole series again. It's been nice to to be reminded of the good times that I had watching the this, this series and also not necessarily because like with some shows, like some people will be like, Oh my gosh, like power Rangers is like so bad as good in a way. Or uh, they'll remember certain episodes that they thought were really, really good and turn out to be like really, really bad for me. It's not, I can acknowledge that there's bad parts about this series or parts that weren't well thought out or well explained, like with some of the plot threads and whatnot. Um, but at the core of it, I still like the fact that they, what they did with the show. And I think when you take that core of it, I think that's why so many people now consider it maybe not like on par with G1, but if you're going to talk about Transformers as a whole, Beast Wars is most of the time going to come up to someone who's talking about it because it helped shape the entirety of like the universe and the entirety of the brand um, because nobody thought it was going to succeed in that first season because everybody was like, oh, Chuck, not monkey. And it, it was sort of going against the core of, oh, well, the Transformers were always cars and planes and weapons and that sort of thing. And they sort of changed all that. But in the end, they managed to change it in a way that not only is it better than what it, what a lot of people thought it might have been, it's also made some of the most memorable characters of the brand, which we now have like in the actual Transformers Hall of Fame. So that's that's quite a testament to the to the show over the course of time, I would say. But I've heard more than one review refer to Beast Wars as like the better written Transformers series. <laughs> well, definitely from the the standpoint, like in G one, the, the main premise was to sell the toys. Yeah. Um. With this, yeah, they're trying to sell toys, but they're also at the same time trying to make a coherent story, like an almost compelling yeah. story. Mainframe cared about the story. Yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. Hasbro did or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that there were probably some in Hasbro who did, but at the same time, they also had a job. They wanted to make sure that they had checks coming in and... You know, they maybe didn't put in the work that they might have with like a big drama or a big movie. Hell, we can't even get a decently plotted Transformers movie anymore. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think what's what's important, what's important to note is that this show does this show does stand up. It does hold up against things that maybe it didn't have a right to hold up against. You know, it. 
it does it does hold up against Star Trek the Next Generation. But there's some bad Star Trek Next Generation episodes too. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. Know? Uh, there's, I mean, you know, it does hold up against, actually this finale reminded me a lot of the finale to Stargate Atlantis, or at least my memory of Stargate Atlantis. I haven't watched it <laughs> since it was, a, you know, since it was a thing, but that was another mm. show that, uh, or, or even, uh, like Angel, uh, although I think this wasn't as good as the Angel finale, but like the last Angel was a show that was canceled and they had to like kind of struggle. If you watch that show. You can tell what episode they told them that the show was canceled because they just start fumbling around to, cl- to tie up plot lines, you know, and that had, that show had six seasons worth of plot lines to or five seasons, five seasons mm-hmm. worth of plot lines and and seven seasons of Buffy plot lines just in case they forgot anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I just yeah. I mean, it holds up against that kind of stuff. It doesn't you know, it's it's probably better than the G.I. Joe series. I don't know. I haven't watched it since I was eight. <laughs> you know, it's- I like aside from there was a G.I. Joe, like a very limited series. I think it was Resolution or something like that, um, which was considered pretty good. But aside from that, I can't really think of too much G.I. Joe stuff that has been like remarkable in any sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, when you think of when you think of other Saturday morning cartoons, I mean, I am theoretically still doing a podcast on the the 80s Ninja Turtle series. Um <laughs> now that se- now that series is a little different in that you're the sh- the episode the it's still goofy and the goofiness yeah. holds up. Goofiness holds up surprisingly well. I don't know. I can't think of a show that is taken seriously that wasn't good from the 90s uh because uh, nobody remembers those shows <laughs> people remember beast wars so must have something to it i, I remember yeah. captain simeon and the space monkeys <clears throat> i remember Excuse that me? one too you don't what, remember what? captain simeon and the space monkeys no this is, this is not a real show fuck off <laughs> oh it is a real I, I'm show i'm looking it up the uh okay the opening uh, thing now do we have a news post let's uh, talk about the news post <laughs> we, we've been we're gonna we're gonna talk about the series as a whole in a probably in a little more depth next week i think yeah uh, we talked about the episode we did our thing so let's back on track guys yep Crack right. that yes, whip. we do have a news post Jordan, did you want me to read the news post? Uh, yes, if you could. Okay. And All right. Before we start, let me just post this. There we go. See, it is a thing that exists. So <laughs> we can we can talk about that some other time, though. Yeah. Maybe even what, what a bonus link? I don't, episode. I don't see a link. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you you just can't see stupid. It's I mean, not a bad I thing. Can. Gosh darn it, uh, Jeff Glenn Bennett as the Orbitron was one of my favorite parts of that show. Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. So, um, <laughs> news post. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, news post. Happy finale day, BCs. Congratulations to all of you. You managed Thank to you. make it through all of Beast Wars. I've got plenty of sappy stuff to say, but I'll save it for after the news portion of this segment. First up, Leica Studios put out a pic on Twitter of Bumblebee movie director Travis Knight with what appears to be our first definitive look at a Decepticon from the film. 
Casey goes on to provide us with a link to the picture. The the vehicle in question is a red 1971 Plymouth GTX that's been hot rodded and decked out with rally lights. It has a hard to make out but still definitive Decepticon insignia at the front of the hood, right above, excuse me, right above the front headlights. Nobody's really sure who this cool car might be. Maybe a movie version of Knockout. Either way, it's certainly a cool car. Up next, knockout, knockout, the same Knockout from Prime, because that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. I like um, it. yeah, <laughs> it looks, it looks. I mean, this kind of looks a little bit like Bumblebee, but red. It makes you think of like not a Decepticon, but obviously it's it's a Decepticon because like they, they can't. It, it's just gonna be Bumblebee, right? It's not gonna be like a team or anything. I think Why? it's it's centered around Bumble what Bumblebee's time uh, hiding on Earth and stuff like that. So they're yeah. So there might cliff be others, jumper, but it's mostly but, good. yeah. Oh, but it, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a Decepticon. Yeah, I yeah, they're the, pretty the, sure the, it is. Yeah, it's just a cliff jumper. Yeah. Um, up next, we can confirm Jordan's earlier prediction that the next playable character in Forge to Fight would be Ramjet. I was right. <laughs> How do you know? Yeah, it's not like they had a big picture on the loading screen of him or anything. Um, Despite his name, he does not transform into a vehicle that uses ramjet engines, instead becoming an F-15 Eagle like the other G-1 Seekers, but with cranked Aero Delta wigs based on the F-16 XL prototype. If Eric or Cam are listening to this, I'm sure that they will be happy to that reference. (laughs) In actuality... He's named for his preferred strategy of colliding with his opponents in midair, something he's specially built to withstand that most of his enemies are not. He's one of the three Coneheads, the trio of Seekers from G1, whose jet nose cones remain a part of their heads. They also all feature unique sets of wings that end up on their legs in robot mode instead of on their torsos like the original three Seekers. See, we got the mention of the cone heads again, like we did at yeah, the top of the episode. It's true. Full circle. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely not based on Starscream's in-game model, which yeah. is based on the Combiner Wars leader class toy. Uh, Casey goes on to say, I think he's based on his classics toy from 2007. Poor guy has got really gotten a new toy, hasn't really gotten a new toy since then, outside of a limited release masterpiece rendition. They yeah, really should give the, the cone four characters that they make 8,000 toys for. Mm. <laughs> Listen to she last week's they... episode for me to hear me complaining <laughs> about that. <laughs> they really should give the cone heads as a whole more love in the, st- in the toy lines, in my opinion, even though I'm personally more invested in slipstream getting more toy line love. So does Jordan have any more educated predictions on who will be joining the roster after this? No, she's all ears. I can't guess because, like I said, like usually they do by bosses. Uh, if they do, if they do another event, my guess is that it's probably going to be uh, an Autobot or 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 maybe a Maximal, but basically someone on that side. But I can't, I could not guess who right now. Yeah, they haven't really given any hints. So continuing on with the video game news, classic Predacon combiner Predaking and new Dinobot Combiner Volcanicus are now available in Earth Wars. The video I, linked above features I, the game's writer. Oh, sorry. George, I was going to say, like that, I like that little clip. It's really fun. It, it's really fun when I, I think I saw it on their Instagram at one point, or at least a part of it during the Hascon stuff that K, Casey sent. And also, uh, I also like the, the name of Vol- Volcanicus because yeah. in, like I said, like in the, 
in the game there there's like they're playing a there's a story around for how gain the co- combiner and stuff and grimlock is like basically begging jetfire for the enigma of co- combination so they could make a combiner and grimlock's like see we even caught thought of a cool name volcanicus and jetfire's like that is a cool name but i'm not giving you the enigma of, co- of combination <laughs> <laughs> So, the video linked above features the game's writer, Simon Furman, talking about the game's story introducing the new combiner. The prolific Transformers writer was, appropriately enough, the person who scripted the episode you all watched today, Nemesis Part 2. Apparently, the first thing he asked when he was brought on to pen the series finale was, who can I kill? Grimlock is arguably the character most strongly associated with Furman, so it seems appropriate that he's the first person to write Volcanicus in fiction. Finally, we have a look at some new toys featuring those previously reported on designs possibly intended for the Cyberverse cartoon. Toys in question are for a line being referred to as part of the Evergreen toy line. The Evergreen designation was also used for some Optimus and Bumblebee go-karts released earlier this year. This toy line is specifically intended for sale in dollar stores and discount retail chains. This definitely shows in the toys seen below, which are of a quality that can best be described as discount. I guess previously seen or previously seen Grimlock toys also part of this toy line, not intended as a cyberverse toy. Now we've gotten a look at toys for for Optimus, Bumblebee, Megatron, and Starscream. She goes on to link those. The the packaging is notable for not specifically referring to any specific series or toy line, presumably as part of the evergreen aspect of this toy line. As for the toys themselves, they're a bit of a mixed bag. Optimus and B both lack elbows and could use more paint apps. And Optimus's truck mode bizarre is bizarrely chunky. Can I chime here? They're like maybe a step above uh, old McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Yeah. No, I was like, thinking the same thing. Like they're a little bit better than that, but they're still not as good quality as like the uh, the old toys are. Yeah. Like the uh, full price toys are. Yeah. And oddly enough, she goes on to mention that uh, with Optimus and Bumblebee, they don't have joints, but Megatron and Starscream, while they're lacking in the paint apps, also they do have elbows and just seem less awkward in general. So it's kind of weird that they would have yeah. cheaped out on the heroes, but put joints in for the other ones but (laughs) the reveal of these toys definitely calls into question whether the designs we saw before are actually intended for the cyberverse cartoon indeed they may be intended as new generic or rather evergreen designs to be used in anything that isn't tied to a specific piece of media otherwise after all the other places we've seen them are in kid books and on a cruise ship she's not fully convinced one way or the other yet the toys don't match the packaging designs one-to-one, though this could just be a limitation of them being budget toys. On the one hand, she can get why Hasbro would want generic designs that they can use in any situation, like catch-all ones, so that if a show or movie they're putting out maybe doesn't feature all the usual characters, they have these to fall back on. It could theoretically allow shows to be more creative and not necessarily stick to with all the recognizable characters like Bumblebee or Megatron. On the other hand, why bother making G1-inspired generic designs when the show you're working on is literally G1-inspired? Why do two different G1 designs for the same audience of kids? As for the Evergreen toy line itself, it seems functionally like an even cheaper replacement for the Cyber Battalion toy line, which served much the same function. 
She'd guess Evergreen will see a wider release in more stores, though, since the U- in the U.S. Cyber Battalion is currently only seen at certain Walgreens locations. Uh, she goes on to ask what our personal thoughts are on these discount toys. Uh, uh, I mean, it's good that you have cheap toys for kids. So yeah. Kids can have toys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's better it's, than having nothing or having, like... And kids know. don't care if the toys look super yeah. fancy. I was going to yeah. say, this is great <laughs> to give, like, like young nieces and nephews to st- get them interested in Transformers without having to worry about them not figuring out how to transform it. Or yeah. break it, or having small pieces. That yeah, could or be having small pieces or anything like that. So I wasn't paying attention. I've been looking at my <laughs> Facebook, but um, my opinion on cheap toys is they're usually better than the expensive ones. They look better because mm-hmm. they look like toys, so they display better. <laughs> That's my opinion. I think that sometimes yeah. uh, too. To, although I, I don't, I don't know. I think in general. Uh, uh, what we consider the other thing is, and I, I realized this because I recently got a uh, Power Rangers action figure from the '90s, um, the Red Turbo Ranger, uh, and uh, uh, the cheap cheap action figures today look a lot nicer than uh, re- the regular action figures of the '90s, and uh, figures from the '90s look better than figures from the '80s. So, like, technology is cool, and they can, you know, if you have. Uh, I think you can you can cut a lot more corners today and and have like, you know, a low quality, you know, a low quality what? figure or a or a more simpler, cheaper figure to so it can be cheaper. That's cool. What, what would you put the quality for the the Kenner the original Kenner Star Wars toy lines cuz we had a lot of those and they weren't always exactly super detailed, but me and my brother played with them a lot. So I found that the the ships were amazing. Those those the didn't action, last long though. No. So you're you're <laughs> the, specifically saying problem. you're specifically saying Kenner, not uh I think Kenner um, was the, the one uh, who made it first, right? The, yes. no, there, no, there was one before Kenner, wasn't there? I think Kenner wasn't was the first one. Fucking ah, uh, goddammit. <laughs> it's not Kenner, it's another thing. Because uh, hmm. Kenner like had them for it's like they don't exist anymore. No, they don't. Oh yeah, they were they're yeah, they got absorbed. Oh, that oh, yeah, that says yeah. 1977 Kenner figures. Well, then what? Yeah, what am I thinking of? Well, uh, let's see who. Well, I mean, Disney owns owns Star Wars now, but for a while, uh, the toy rights were Mattel, I think. Which I think it might have been which Mattel. Falls... Well, it's no, it's fucking it's fucking Hasbro or no? It's not I was Hasbro. gonna say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Hasbro because that's why it Hasbro for Phantom Menace, though. Uh, 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 the power of the force line was what was one of the things from the 90s yeah who did those yeah because i thought it was mattel because i thought it wasn't owned by hasbro at first oh uh, well power of the force was kenner also oh, okay which i thought that was uh part like they kept the name of kenner but it was like owned by one of the major ones like mattel or hasbro like it was just like this is our kenner department well <laughs> I'll just say I'll just say I think that all Star Wars action figures are awful. So okay, <laughs> like they just like even the because yeah. the thing is they they got a style in the '90s. Like as far as you know, the, there's like the black fig, the black series figures or whatever, like the you know the expensive oh, no, collectors, super high quality, whatever. But like like the Power of the Force figures from the '90s, like sort of developed that style, mm-hmm. um, and 
it was fine back then, but they've kind of kept that style with their figures. Whereas like, you know, like Power Rangers figures have, have evolved or Transformers figures have evolved with their technology. Uh, they decided to keep the Star Wars figures looking exactly the same. And so they don't, I don't think they look good. Yeah. Okay, so apparently Kenner was uh, absorbed by Hasbro, but that wasn't until 91. Until okay. then, they were independent for up till 67. General Mills then owned them for a while. Then they were known, their parent company was Kenner Parker Toys Incorporated for quite some time before they were owned by Tonka for a while and then Hasbro. Yeah. Anyway, we got to keep going because we got some <laughs> yeah, questions here too. Um, so. Casey goes on to say uh, she's she's not particularly interested in picking them up. Uh, she's certainly glad that Hasbro is giving less fortunate families a cheaper option to get their Transformers fixed, though. Uh, they look fine for kids to play with, but she thinks she'll stick with the generations. Uh, that being said, since she works at a discount retailer, she might actually see these pop up at her work once they're released. If that's the case, she might be inclined to pick up Starscream with her employee discount, um, but she'd still love to see some higher quality non-discount toys of these designs. But with the previously assumed ties to the Cyberverse cartoon being called into question, it's hard to say if we'll ever see anything like that. Guess we'll have to wait and see whenever Hasbro finally shows us more Cyberverse info. So with that, well, that's all the news that she has for today, which means it's time for her to get sappy. First, she just wanted to thank all of us once again for letting her be involved in this podcast and guest on it regularly. Though she's podcasted prior to being on Warm Beast, she feels like it was on here where she honed her podcasting skills. In addition, through these news posts, she's been given an outlet to channel her love of Transformers and share the good word about it. So she wished to thank us again so much for that. Welcome. Uh, Thanks for helping us. <laughs> Uh, she goes on to say it's been interesting listening to this thing from the beginning and learning, learning more about each of us as well as see us all develop as podcasters and people uh, she, she says that I have apparently really developed my ability to rein in dumb bullshit uh, Jordan <laughs> expresses opinions slightly more often Kendall makes slightly fewer offensive jokes and Emily got way hornier God, that's my legacy. Of course it is. <laughs> well, thank but, you, Casey. But she says, but yeah, jokes aside, you really all have changed and improved since you started first started so many episodes ago, especially Emily, who, needless to say, has gone through some pretty dang huge life changes since this show started. Aww, she she says she's so proud. Also, she's on like 50 podcasts. It's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm nowhere near like Molly or Luke or Ashley levels, so or even Kendall levels. Like, geez, mm -hmm. I well, you know, <laughs> he's from uh, a I, podcaster. Yeah. yeah, just just you know, anybody, if you want to start a podcast, just start a podcast. Like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of it. Like, yep, there is how mine been working. There is no. If you got an idea. Uh, uh, you don't have to be like Emily and have connections with a big, with a big, with a big major podcast network. You can be like me, wow, and have wow. a have a blogger account and upload everything to archive.org. It costs no money. Uh, find some some sketchy website that'll set up an RSS feed. I use, I think it's called Rapid Feeds. Rapidfeeds.com. I spend zero money, 
and uh, yeah, and then put up a podcast and post it on your Facebook, and maybe some friend from high school will listen to it. <laughs> so, in conclusion, she goes on to say that we're all cool peeps who I she considers to be friends, and she's glad she's had the privilege of joining us on this podcast adventure. Absolutely. She, she eagerly looks. Excuse me. She eagerly looks forward to continuing on with us as we go through the next series. She even goes on to say, that's right. She's still excited, even though it's Beast Machines. <laughs> Says, congrats again on making it through Beast Wars, y'all. She'll end with three final questions. So I'll ask the questions, and then we can see about answering them. Which character did you think you were going to hate or just dislike? Did you end up liking or loving the most? Which character did you think you were going to love or like and wind up hating or disliking the most? And finally, which character that you forget existed did you up, end up loving or hating the most? And that's it for this week. And she says, have a wonderful week, y'all. You've earned it. So Okay, that's a lot of questions. Um, mm. So first um, one was like, which one did we like? Yeah, well, like, which character we did, like? we think that, which did we, we think like. that we were going to that we were going to dislike or hate and we turned out that we actually liked or loved. And then the inverse of that for the next one. You sound like you had something, Jordan. Oh, I was going to say, like, I think actually Pterosaur, I wasn't thinking I was going to like, like him. Like, I don't remember him very well, but then when we were rewatching him and just some of the early episodes with him was actually kind of fun. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, I'm sort of in the same boat, boat with that one. I didn't really have any expectations for disliking anybody. Um, I, I, I guess I didn't. Yeah, I mean, like I kind of remember that Pterosaur was what he was, and I and I and I liked him for what he was. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think I, I came in like thinking I'm going to hate anybody. Um, for the second part of the question, I thought I was going to like Tigerhawk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other than that, I, I like every character really. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for maybe like Quickstrike, but I thought like a dislike. It's just like he's there. Yeah, we didn't really get him fleshed out as much. Yeah, but yeah. Besides that, um, I think I like the most characters. Uh, Although I could also say uh, Uno was probably also one I thought I would would hate. Uno was a surprise too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uno, how about you? I um I didn't particularly like Tarantulas uh, growing up, but I I've I've had an interesting arc with him because. <laughs> I, I liked him a lot in the first season. I think I still liked him in the second season when he was kind of doing his own thing, even if I stopped liking his design, even if his design was awful. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I sort of ended up, I don't know, I think everything went off the rails in season three, so I just can't, like, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I forgot Silverbolt existed, and he's kind <laughs> of a character of... Of all the characters that were introduced after season two, he's definitely the most like developed of he's the most developed character in the show. Um, I eh, he's OK. <laughs> and yeah, I liked oh, I liked well, I liked uh, what's his name? The Stingray guy. Oh, depth charge. Depth charge. I like depth charge. All right. I liked the I liked the depth charge uh, rampage rivalry thing so both of those characters I, I i liked and i didn't remember them existing uh it's just like it was like an, another another plot thread to pile on to everything else when they yeah. didn't have time for it mm-hmm. we should look to see if there's a uh, like other fiction or stuff written by folks about the protoform x and and def charge because i think 
I think uh, Rampage is actually in that Beast Wars Uprising thing that 3H put out. Like that's like a uh, that has like Transmute in it and 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 a couple of other things. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it might be interesting to check out. Yeah. We call the, gra- the metagraphic novel of like what happened between yeah. the two of them. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what do we have as far as questions and comments there, Jordan? So we got a couple of questions uh, fr- uh, from Twitter, and then uh, a, a few questions and like a comment question from uh, Ryan on Facebook. But let's start with the Twitter ones. Um, okay. So from uh, that dude over there, at, or at Mike's Love Loves Rabbit. Hello, Michael. Mm. <laughs> Was it worth it? Yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. I, I, I am not. I do not regret any of my time spent on this. Listen, like this, like Casey mentioned it a bit, but like getting on this podcast and this network has like changed my life, like in a way that I can't describe. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, I like changed my identity and I met my boyfriend and my girlfriend through it. So like, it's pretty big deal. And some of my some of best some of my now best friends are like part of the network and yeah it's just of course it's been worth it and and besides that it's just been a fun time doing a podcast and kind of learning that kind of stuff like doing doing, um a creative thing that takes minimal effort (laughs) so i feel accomplished (laughs) without having to do that much work it's good i like it i like this i I enjoyed all of this and i can't wait for more yeah do you have (laughs) <laughs> it was no i mean it was it was worth it yeah i mean i you know getting this got me back into podcasting it um you know corrected my previous assumption that beast wars was a good show no just, <laughs> that was a that was a joke no i mean it was yeah i mean uh i i am yeah i mean it got like if nothing else it it has uh it has kind of reinvigorated me got me got me back into podcasting got me back into that world uh which uh you know is the place that you end up when you don't have the energy to play in a bar band anymore you end up doing (laughs) podcasts because it takes less energy um and it fills a similar uh a similar need so yeah jordan how about you oh yeah i mean i really well to be honest i i just like making friends and talk and talking with them about stuff that I like. So mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun doing this. And, yeah. you know, it's just something I look forward to every week. Me too. I, I'm of the same mind. Like we, I, we sort of had sort of talked about this back on that thing that we released on the anniversary. Um, but just the fact that we have actually watched all 52 episodes of the show, uh, and all been a part of it. Well, aside from the times that I was dead, um it's sort of it's actually kind of nice how things have come together uh how the four of us who all sort of had a mutual you know love of twa all managed to come together and make this thing that has lasted over a year over 50 episodes and we've now finished this entire series and I like to think that I I can call you my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's definitely been worth it just from the fact that I've gotten to know three other people and been able to share 
this love of uh, a brand that I've enjoyed since I was a kid. And it's nice. And even if we don't agree all the time, it's <laughs> good to, to be able to get that opposing side, you know, sort of get all of the, the different facets, like the different thoughts that people might have. And I think it just, it makes us all richer being able to to sort of be exposed to that, and I like to th- I like to hope at least that that maybe that's something that people take away from from having listened to this as well. Not to say that that we're done by any means, but I mean, it's, fifth, like, it's the end of an era. Like I yeah. said, it's going to be like when TWA finishes Mighty Morphin. They're not done. Yeah. But that's like kind of big. Yeah, maybe we'll ask Mike that question when they get there. Um. They're yeah. all gonna say it's not because they're yeah. all make fun of themselves. That's their that's their <laughs> shtick. Uh, yeah. Let's um let's skip Joel's question and for next week. Uh, okay, because I think next uh, week's gonna be a little bit of a looser of a looser format, and I think that'll be a good discussion topic. Uh, yeah, because we, we have, are gonna go over like our top five episodes and stuff like that. So, the, I so that might be a question was. So I'm curious. Well, oh. you'll find out. Or you I'll can check week, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I might check on Twitter. You'll see. <laughs> or, yeah, you can look up Twitter and prepare yourself. Well, uh, just to, to preface it a little bit for you, Em, uh, what would you change? Oh, <laughs> that's okay. the that's whole the question. Base, pretty much the basis of the question. What would you change? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, have, I have an answer immediately, but I guess I'll wait. Yeah, yeah let's let's <laughs> just because I'm because otherwise we'll I'll end up repeating myself eight times. I'm, I'm in that I'm in that mindset tonight. And I just I feel like. We need to wrap it up. It's late. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I could go long on that because I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier this evening. I'm like, oh, man, there's so many ways I could have gone. But yeah, anyway, we'll we'll tackle that one next week for sure. OK, so Ryan Butson wanted to uh, had a comment and question. Wanted to know that uh, they're glad Waspmedia got a happy ending. Uh, they also said that they'd like to uh, thank us all for the amazing and interesting podcast. Aww. Of well, a crazy for, and awesome show. Thank yeah, you for listening. Oh, what podcast is that? <laughs> <laughs> and well, and you have to pay attention here now, Kendall, because the question is actually kind of we're going to need you for. Okay. Uh, after all this, what was the final death tally? Oh, I was going to say this uh, actually at the end <laughs> of the episode. Um, so my dead tally, and I do not promise that this is accurate. In oh, fact, boy. I'm pretty sure it's not because some of these numbers don't make any sense. Megatron died three times and I'm pretty sure like two of those were in the first two episodes. So I, it must be higher than that. Pterosaur had four deaths Inferno had nine deaths. Waspinator had 14 deaths. Scorpionok had five deaths. Tarantulas had 11 deaths. Black Arachnia had three deaths. All the Predacons died three times. Uh, so you might add three to some of those tallies. I don't remember how the math works. <laughs> um, or at least you add, I think you have to add one, at least one to all of the, the first time they all died. So, so Megatron died four times. Pterosaur is five. Inferno's 10. Waspinator's 15. Scorponok is uh, six. Tarantulas is 12. Black Arachne is actually four. I think that's, I think that's how I did that. The other two times were like later in the series. But I'm pretty sure that the first time all the Predacons that were on the list before got an extra death. 
Optimus died five times. Dinobot died four times. Did I count for today? Oh, no, no, no. Dinobot 2 is a different character. Um, <laughs> Rat Trap died three times. Cheetor died four times. Rhinox died four times. Tigatron died two times. Uh, Starscream died once. Snowstalker <laughs> died once. Transmutate dro- died oh. once. Greg died three times. Quickstrike dro- died five times. Air Razor died once. Rampage oh. died four times. Ravage died once. Dinobot died two. Dinobot two died two times. Silverbolt died one time. And that is all of the dead tally. Uh, I don't know who Tiger Hawk is. I don't know what you're did, talking about. Did, okay, uh, I was gonna say, like, did you count Tigertron and Air Razor dying to make Tiger Hawk? Although I personally would only count Air Razor since Tiger Hawk is just Tigertron. Uh, I don't remember that happening. Also, uh, sure. also, um, also, apparently, Death Charge must have died. I say at probably. least once. At least <laughs> once. Yeah, I'd say probably once. Yeah, I think he only I mean cuz he was barely in the show. So, and also also like I mean it is very very telling a combination of my interest in paying attention to the dead tally and the amount of times that characters actually blew up. Like uh characters blew up a lot more in the first season than in the second two seasons. Yeah. Sure. Oh, except for definitely. maybe except for maybe Waspinator who kept consistently dying a lot. Yeah, um, and that's why he's at yeah, Waspinator and Tarantulas both consistently had had death scenes um quick strike with five i kind of suspect that it's higher than that because he also uh tended to get blown up a lot um but yeah that's what we got we'll start a new dead tally uh on when we do the next thing (laughs) yeah yeah there you go it's all the news and questions that's fit to be printed. Uh, does anybody have anything they would like to uh, promote this week? Um, besides like the usual things, the, I just want to point out uh, Jesse Cooper actually started a new like short like podcast where he's going page by page through the World uh, Planet Hulk graphic novel. That's right, I saw. Yeah. That. Uh, so <laughs> it's actually I, I haven't started listening to the first episode, but I listened to the zero episode and. It's just kind of fun to hear to hear it. So I don't know. Like if if you like comics, uh, you know you might you might enjoy it. Um, and also that um, game apartment one C, uh, the friend that you know my friend Dan Howard's doing. Uh, mm-hmm. He finished up. He actually finished up Clock Tower uh, last night or nice. Friday night, and uh, he's going to be starting uh, a like challenge playthrough of Link's Awakening. Which I'm actually kind of interested to listen to because I really like that Book of Midoriya episode, and I was I never actually got to play that uh, Game Boy game, so I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this goes. Hmm. Right if he on. can, if he can, uh, if he can tell me uh, how to get to the first dungeon, then maybe I'll start playing it. <laughs> every time I play much. that game, every time I play that game, I get like nowhere. I I start at the beginning. I'm like, I just spent four hours trying to find a sword. I give up. <laughs> well uh it's fridays at like at eight uh eight central or no eight <laughs> eastern I, I missed it what game is it you're playing again sorry links, links awakening oh yeah it's cool yeah so yeah maybe you can watch like the first like first part of it and then you'll know where, where to go <laughs> maybe maybe em how about you well you can get my artwork at on dot tumblr.com 
and my Twitter is at this is Emeralds. Um, and you can catch uh, other podcasts on the network that I do, um, Home for Infinite Losers and In Pursuit of Passions, as well as a lot of guest spots on Teenagers of Attitude. Uh, yeah, In Pursuit of Passions just launched officially. Like we yes. had a episode zero on the garbage dump, but now it's like got its own page and everything. So please check that out. I'll give it a little bit of a of a, a description, I guess. It's just pretty much me interviewing people about whatever they're passionate about and it could be literally anything like the episode zero is talking about Sidon with Julie and episode two is talking about a movie. My friend Elodie likes uh, the Phantom Menace. It's her favorite movie. And then the next episode next month will be Greg talking about swords. So there you go. (laughs) And it's not, not a horny episode with Greg, even though he's talking about swords. (laughs) And I, and and like um, only the Sidon one is horny so far. But like, because uh, the 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 Menace one, like Elodie likes that movie, but not in that way. <laughs> and I think the next one I'm going to do after that is maybe baseball. Well, that'll be cool. Um, I think my friend Kristen wants to talk about baseball and her love of the Cubs. Ooh, neat. Oh. Kendall, how about you? Um, so uh, there's a new episode of the Pull List on the Kendallcast iTunes feed where we talk about. Uh, the end of Secret Empire and the beginning of Metal. And I go on a really weird rant about uh, All-Star Superman where I can't speak in complete sentences for like five minutes. So <laughs> it's a it's a, you know, like take some mushrooms, link it up with Wizard of Oz. It's a good it's a good little episode. <laughs> um, and uh, and then also uh, waiting here for every man. Uh, I'm still pumping those out. I have officially sent out Facebook messages to all of my Facebook friends that I know that have music. I mean, that like our musicians or like whatever. Uh, so I'm going to run out of people to interview eventually. So if you're a musician <laughs> at K Hallman, that's K H A L M A N on Twitter. Uh, or if you want to talk about music, even if you're not a musician, uh, then, but you have like a, Everybody has a unique uh, perspective on music and stuff. You don't have to be educated. You just have to have opinions. Uh, This week's episode, I interviewed uh, Peter Stein, who I knew back from my open mic days years and years ago. Um, And uh, he was a really, a really interesting interview. Uh, He's got a, a, his band has, has a kind of unique sound and uh, he's got an English degree. So his lyrics are all complicated. So yeah, it was, it was fun talking to him. Nice. Um, as always, uh, check us out at audioentropy.com. We've got, I think there's like 21 podcasts listed on the website now. Um, as the aforementioned home for infinite losers and in pursuit of passions are the newest to, uh, to be there. Um, there's also like a few that aren't like going regularly anymore. Like, let me tell you about Evangelion. Um, uh, I think Cosmic Call has been on like hiatus, but I know that they're wanting to get that back up and running yeah, again. I think it's just because of uh, like I think it was mainly scheduling conflicts yeah, that were the thing there. A whole bunch of new stuff happened and yeah. new schedules and stuff, so it's yeah. just been hard. That naturally with her move and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, check out Audio Entropy. Uh, the pizza party, of course, is still going on. Uh, they just had, what it was Friday night was the last one, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. It normally like, goes on Saturday nights, but I think they had it on Friday night last week. Um, so if you want to check that out, they that's on the the Twitch channel. Uh, 
if you want to follow me. I was going to say, and they usually have it later too. So you actually might have time to watch uh, Dan and then go see Pizza Party if they have it that Friday. That's true. Yeah. And of course, if if you want to catch them, uh, you can uh, catch them on Twitch. It's Twitch slash Video Entropy. Uh, that's the uh, the actual Audio Entropy Twitch channel there, where we where we tend to to have the Pizza Party episodes. Uh, if you want to follow me for any inexplicable reason, uh, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at uh, Greg C M U N. I mainly just retweet stuff from the podcast. <laughs> um, I will occasionally post stuff on there that I find interesting or talk about like my martial arts and that sort of stuff. But for the most part, you can find me on there or on the, uh, the Warren beast Twitter, which of course you can find at Warren beast and you can find us. That was quite a segue that I just did. Um, <laughs> or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash war and beast podcast. Um, yeah, it's been a, another week. Uh, the final week of beast wars. It's weird saying that now, uh, cause I've sort of been counting it down. Uh, but yeah, for for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Too, I'm Greg. <laughs> Dad jokes. Yes. <laughs> My son's not home anymore, so I have to do them somewhere. Aww. Yeah. All right. There you go, folks. Let's roll. There's like a pile of crap on my drum. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if you can hear it. <laughs>